Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Oh, dear me, what a day for the pubs. Today is not the day to reopen pubs. That's the front of this morning's uh, Irish uh, examiners. They go into uh, six calendar months now. The decision has been described as the death knell uh, for small pubs. We're the only European state now whose pubs per se are still closed. And the drinks industry uh, is finding that, um, you know, more and more pubs now across the country uh, are saying that they will never reopen again. But as the mirror puts it this morning, bars reopen in all other states, but closed here now for six months. Danny Healy Ray has reopened his pub in uh, Kilorglin. He gets a double page in the sun this morning. The reason he's doing it is they, he's because he's got food. Um, he's a wet boozer by and large, but apparently uh, the local chipper is now delivering food to Healy Ray's and they're open for food and porter. Uh, good news, of course, making the papers too, for sure, and much of it is to do with kids returning to school. And the Echo has some lovely photographs of kids in their uniforms being waved off by their parents, mammy and daddy with a mobile phone up taking photographs, a lot of them going to school for the first time in their brand new uniforms. Smiles as kids across Cork return to school. So that's a great one. The uh, legislation that's needed for the guards to break into, break up, uh, nearly said break into your house. Well, I suppose they probably isn't too far from that really. They can go into your house um, um, unannounced now apparently because uh, if uh, they suspect you have more than six people in there, uh, they'll be able to go in. And also pubs that aren't complying with public health guidelines. New measures now have been introduced in the cabinet will consider it today and probably pass it, which will give the Gardaí new powers to close pubs and to go into your house if you if they suspect you have a party going on there. Now, private house with more than six people, uh, that's an issue for me, really, in, in one regard. As to, is this temporary legislation or will it be always there? One wonders, one wonders whether it's constitutional, particularly with regards to, you know, your your home being your castle and all that. All uh, Your thoughts on that are welcome, actually, as to whether that's a good move or not. Text 0868 Now, Phil Hogan makes many of the different newspapers. It's gas, really, because the star, the star this morning when, says when you total up for the rest of his, um, uh, you know, I suppose, life, um, if you do the figures on Phil Hogan, he'll pocket a pension pot of over 2.2 million. Um, and that's the three different pensions that he'd get, you know, his time in the Dáil, uh, his time in Brussels, uh, and his time as a minister, and then all this different stuff when it's added up. Uh, 2.2 million, the star says. The examiner this morning say 440,000 is the payoff that Phil Hogan will be entitled to uh, before tax over the next two years. And this morning, the Irish Independent says 300,000. <laughs> they can't make up their mind. 300,000? Uh, 400,000? Um, 440,000 uh, and, th- and 2,000, 2 million, 200,000. Um, who's going to take over? Many papers are suggesting Simon Coveney, but overnight then, the Independent has uh, seen a new candidate appear at the top of the list, and that, of course, is the ex-minister Francis Fitzgerald. So it's quite interesting. They have to nominate two. Uh, that's what uh, the European Commission wishes for. Apparently that's the law. One man and one woman. So it could well be Simon Coveney and Francis Fitzgerald, and then the Commission themselves will decide. If you didn't know it, uh, with regards to kids going back to school, the Independent says this morning the parents will be reported to the child and family agency TUSLA if their children miss more than 20 days of school. Despite being urged to keep them at home, though, if they, if they show coronavirus symptoms. So that's rather confusing. And do you remember the story we dealt with on air a couple of weeks back? Puppies and uh, uh, 
uh, people's pets being stolen from their homes because there's big money in that now, not just here but overseas. And the Echo says this morning that puppies from Ireland, including some from Cork, are being sold on British websites. Uh, Dundeal stopped accepting adverts for dogs. And now apparently, like you'll find adverts now offering, uh, you know, a Cocker Spaniel pup for £1,300 each. Um, the dogs were stolen in Ireland and now are placed in adverts on British websites. Um, it's a good story with regards to people who are trying to, um, you know, either buy their first house or get a better house or a bigger house. Mortgage approval is up by half, apparently. Uh, so it's kind of the housing market is showing further signs of life. Well, everything else doesn't seem to be uh, springing a whole lot of uh, green shoots. Um, if you didn't know it, the best festival the best, I suppose, I should say, iconic festival moment of all time, according to the latest research on it, and the public were asked, makes the Irish Mirror this morning, um, the Queen, per, Queen's performance at Live Aid, 1985, the most uh, iconic festival moment there, Wembley set with Freddie Mercury uh, out front. Um, it pushed David Bowie's performance at Glastonbury in the year 2000 into second place and Kylie Minogue's 2019 comeback into third place. I think it would be hard to disagree uh, with We Will Rock You from Live Aid in 85. And if you want to know the secret to losing weight, do it as a couple. Do it with your loved one, your partner, your husband, your wife, whatever. You're almost three times more likely to lose weight if your partner is also trying, according to the latest research uh, from people who tried and tried and tried and never could do it. And then, apparently, the penny dropped when they did it with their partner and they lost the weight. There's a lovely story, a lovely article, actually. It's, it's, um, it's uh, Pat Fitzpatrick's column in the Examiner this morning. And I love it because he was saying during lockdown, uh, in his home anyway, his wife went mad planting fruit and vegetables back in April. And he says, now we're reaping the benefits of it. He says, I'm just after eating two of her tomatoes and it brought me back to the 1970s in Kinsale in a good way that is I mean if you had have you ever had of course you have I must have had a homegrown tomato I mean there is no comparison between it a shop tomato even an organic one you buy in the shops they're like it's just a completely different taste my father grows tomatoes they're the most amazing things I've ever eaten I mean imagine they used to taste like that all the time years ago, right? The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. And one other update actually on, on Phil Hogan. There was a bit of a you know discussion going on online uh, last night apparently involving Tony Connolly from RTE. He was the man, he's the journalist that interviewed Phil Hogan uh, over in Brussels, you know, when Hogan announced that he he was resigning. And then they ran the interview on, I don't know, what was it the 6-1 News? I think it might have been the 6-1 or the 9 o'clock. I can't remember now, maybe both. Uh, but um, they in the interview then, there was some people wondering as to why Tony Connolly didn't ask uh, Phil Hogan anything about being stopped on the phone by a guard. Uh, and Tony Connolly said that the interview was 25 minutes long, but you wouldn't run a 25-minute long interview uh, on the 6-1 News. So it was cut down to to 10 minutes and that part wasn't broadcast. There was no other reason apart from the fact that it had to be edited very quickly, he said, uh, and also they couldn't run the whole 25 minutes. I don't know if the 25 minutes is available to actually watch, but apparently in one part of the unbroadcast conversation that he had with Phil Hogan, Hogan said, I was stopped by a member of the Irish police in relation to putting a phone, in relation to answering a call to my ear. Um, And he said, like if they knew I was a European commissioner or a politician, they wouldn't be stopping me. I mean, he said that apparently. If they knew I was a politician, they wouldn't be stopping me. 
And then he went on to say police were doing their job and doing it well. I mean, I think that's one of the more bizarre comments, actually, that the man has made ever. But certainly in this one, if they knew I was a politician or the European Union commissioner, they wouldn't have stopped me. Again, showing us that politicians, or at least some of them, believe that they're above the law and the same rules don't apply to the rest of us. Anyway, text 0868104106. Can I recap before the morning gets away with me? We were talking about rogue builders and cowboy builders and builders who do shoddy work or, you know, overcharge or don't turn up or take forever. And one of the calls yesterday was Mary, who had a problem with her roof um, and uh, she um, wasn't one for taking it lying down uh, or, you know, just giving up lightly. Uh, and we got onto the roofer. Uh, we spoke to him. Apparently, he said that he would do right by her and refund the €3,000. Um, and then I believe he had a conversation with Mary then after our conversation with him. I don't mean to make, mean to make you dizzy on a Friday morning. But uh, there's an update on that. Mary joins me again by phone. Morning, Mary. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, I was just trying to recap as best I could. So so what happened then subsequent to uh, being on the air yesterday morning? I got a phone call from the roofer himself and um, we had a bit of a conversation. And in, the, in essence, he has agreed to refund me the total amount of 3000 He called up yesterday afternoon and he met my husband and he gave him €1,000 and he has agreed to return the balance of the money, which is 2000 within the next two weeks. And I have to say, I'm very, very happy with that. Okay, so that's, that resolves it. Do you, didn't ha- you didn't see him or have a conversation with him or anything? Well, I did by phone. Um, oh, yeah, but yesterday it was your husband met yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, my husband. But I did have a conversation with by phone before he agreed to come up and give the money to my husband. Um, he's a very pleasant man. I mean, I wouldn't say otherwise. Um, he's got a good sense of humour and that was... He thought it was quite amusing. He actually called me a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> but I reassured him I'm most certainly not a lunatic. No, you're not a lunatic. <laughs> no. But I was very happy with the outcome of it. Um, I'm delighted. You're not overreacting. He was suggesting you were overreacting, I think. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. And I said, not a bit. But in any event, look, the matter has been resolved to my satisfaction. I'll let you know within the next two weeks if the balance of the money comes up. I can't say further than that. I'm very happy with it. Oh, good stuff. Well, do stay in touch. As soon as he puts it together, I'm sure that he will give it to you. And then you'll use the three grand to put it right, I suppose? Absolutely, yeah. All right. Okay, okay. Good luck with that. Stay in touch, Mary. All right. Cheers. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care. Being threatened with a further national lockdown is more scaremongering. Neil Dublin have the greatest positive numbers. Why isn't that county shut down? Just like Kildare, are there different rules for the pale? The teacher's letter you read out was a breath of fresh fresh air. At least some common sense. That was the letter which she was saying. You know, people, calm down, um, you know, put on a very positive face, particularly around your children, because they will soak up everything uh, they see and they will be able to sense your worry. Parents complaining about their darlings being scared to go to school are the very parents uh, of the gangs out drinking and lighting bonfires in woods and beaches all summer long. Um, actually, and then because everybody was going back and many schools didn't have a staggered return, people were just parking and abandoning cars everywhere. Just about the person that was blocked in by a parent dropping kids off to school. I live on St. Patrick's Hill. We're constantly amazed at the thoughtlessness of parents dropping school children and teenagers off. They block driveways, park on double yellow lines, cause danger to motorists and residents all trying to access the hill. They actually park in residents' driveways. Never mind outside the gate. In driveways waiting for children. We have five second-level schools in the area and many of the students will abandon class to go and protest against climate change, and yet they get dropped off by parents to the door of schools in gas-guzzling cars unsuited to saving the planet, says Catherine, who's driven berserk by the way people just abandon their cars in the morning. Now, 
Um, yesterday, I gave €280 Euro, uh, to a lady who got a summons uh, to go to court uh, because she didn't pay her television license. Now, the response to that was extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Um, not everybody was happy with the fact that I paid the 280 which would be the uh, license and the fine. Uh, she has agreed now that she will organise some kind of a weekly payment going forward so that she doesn't find herself in, in that kind of a situation again. She had young children and she was seven sleepless nights that she'd be off to Limerick Jail for not paying her television licence and she had a court date. Um, just a selection of responses to that. A few years ago, I was in a flat in Cork when the TV man called. He asked to see my licence. I said, I've no TV. He said, there's an aerial on the roof. I said to him, I have a carton of milk in the fridge. Does that mean I have a cow in the back garden? Do you get away with it, Rob, I wonder? And that was absolutely ridiculous, paying that woman's television license. There are so many people struggling out there who could do with food in their mouths. Shame on you. Uh, But Lauren says, for wonderful, lighthearted radio for 10 minutes, that was a bargain. Well done. I had a great laugh. We needed that with all of the bad news. It was brilliant, says Lawrence. Uh, I can't believe you turned down a hero for a night in Tremor and gave a fool that didn't bother paying her television license €280. Another person says, You are completely insane. I've always listened to your show, but never again. That woman is only laughing at you. Think about all of the parents out there that can't afford to take their children to a doctor. A television license can be paid monthly at €13 a month. Neil, you will be lambasted. You should not have paid the money for someone clearly breaking the law and laughing about it. What you did was bad form. There are plenty of people looking for money who haven't broken the law. Una says, I've never laughed so much at this one. Uh, She was so honest and she had a lovely sense of humour, I thought. It brought me back to my childhood and my mother would throttle you if you opened the door to the television licence man. Morning, Neil, this is ridiculous. You paid this woman's television licence and then I was devastated to hear the story about the poor woman's dog with the tumour and you didn't give anything to her. I'm a single mother myself and have bills coming out my ears, but we all just have to deal with it. Uh, this makes great radio, but I have no idea how many people out there have little or no shame when it comes to begging for anything they think they can get away with. There are so many poor mouths everywhere. And just two more. Ah, I was priceless with the TV license. Great listening. Thank you for paying and keeping that lady out of prison. Uh, the world would be a better place if everyone had a good heart. Keep up the good work of fond listeners, says Liz. And the final one, I can't believe you paid the television license. It's incentivizing and breaking the law. It smells of Phil Hogan. It might have been better to pay someone to do a budget plan with the lady on air. There you have it, a selection of thoughts from the good listeners to this program. Uh, text 0868104106. Uh, back to the phone as we go. Robert, good morning. Hi, Neil. How you doing, my man? You're a stonemason by trade, aren't you? That's right, yeah. Okay. Um, and we've been talking a lot then about people who've been, you know, handing over money all too often, all of the money before the work starts. It's amazing okay. how, how gullible people can be. But anyway, yeah, your own situation. Well, yeah, I'm doing a job down there for um, um, a guy out in, the, out, in, out in the country, out in West Cork, and um, he ordered the patio door and the window from... A window company in uh, in Cork. I won't kind of know it. Don't know why. Don't know. He gave. It yeah, we actually years. we actually called that company three different times, and on the three occasions, going through their website and everything, there is no answer whatsoever. So yeah, no, it was very suspect, Neil, because the patio door came with no glass. 
and we can't get the window. Now, he's holding me up. I can't complete. I'm doing a porch. I can't complete the porch without the window. And Do, the do patio doors usually get delivered without glass? <sighs> well, this one did, and I, well, that's, it's French door. That French doors, nearly, you know? So, um, no glass in the French doors, and um, no sign of the window. He's a thousand euros paid up front, and the man is willing to, there's no problem. We actually said we, we'd fit the window ourselves, and we can't get this guy uh, to answer our calls. Have you called so, out there? Has anybody called to the shop? Well, there's only on on the website. You'll see there's an address on the website. It's a home. It's a home kind of a. It's inside in the states, right? And uh, I don't know, but it's a very fancy website. It is very fancy. It seems, and it's very good looking work. Yeah, and you know, it's that's that's good enough deal. You know, uh, in this day and age, like when you pay your money, you should get what you pay for. Okay, and this job is a, a, a thirteen hundred euro job. The farmer paid a grand up front. The patio, like you, you, it isn't the case that he ordered the patio doors without glass. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Neil, just, this is facing southwest, just facing all the weather. All right. All right. And, but I mean, if there's I'm a home address, why doesn't he call to the home address? Well, you see, this is the problem. Like, you know, you wouldn't want to be doing that, Neil, because you know yourself now in this day and age, you get accused of collecting somebody and next thing the guards are called. And I just like to know, like, I see, we can name the guy, but. I, I know, I, I, I will, but I want to wait another little while, give them an opportunity yeah. to come back. It could, I mean, we yeah. could well name him on Monday, but I want to give them yeah. the opportunity to respond, you know. Exactly. Um, do you find, anyway, you're a stonemason, so you're going into lots of different stores. Do you find a lot of this kind of carry on where, where people are, are seeing, they need work done and they're getting it from a Google search? Yeah, I do, Neil. And, you know, you really, you said it yesterday, you really need to get a recommendation from people before you get a tradesman in, um, get a couple of prices, make sure that they're registered and all that. I'm not altogether sure about the Guild of Master Craftsmen. I don't know about that. I really don't know. Um, I They claim to have certificates in this and memberships you know, of the I'm other. Not, I mean, it's, a, it's a lot of marketing around there, but uh, look, I don't want to run them down either because, they, you know, but at the same time, I'm not joining the National Guild of Master Craftsmen and I'm a tradesman for the last 40 years. Stormies. And tell, and tell me this, do many people pay up front or pay too much up front? I mean, what's, like, what's, the, what's the protocol? How much should people... Let's say it's a five grand job and it's going to take a week. What, what should you be paying up front? Well, I, to be honest, I don't think you should be paying into up front. Like, you know, because people can get credit. Um, you know, I'm like, I, I do a job, I finish it, I get paid. If the client is happy, and that's it. But it's reasonable to, I mean, we did a job in the kitchen and the dining room and stuff about a week, a year, year and a half ago. And we had to pay, we paid in stages. We had to pay X yeah. amount at the start, uh, yeah. X amount kind of halfway through it, and X amount on completion. Like, you would, be, you would expect to pay something, um, particularly if people have to go out and buy a lot of parts and, and stuff. In a big job, yes, Neil, and you probably had a quantity there involved, and he'd done his measurements, and, you know, everyone was happy. But in a five-grand job, where there's maybe a thousand euros materials or whatever, you know, you should be able to carry a thousand euros, Neil. Any, any business person should be able to carry a thousand euros. So your right? advice would be, you know, don't pay up front. Well, I wouldn't be paying, I wouldn't be giving any deposit unless there's huge money, and, you know, unless you're guaranteed that you're going to be getting the product. Have you ever had to go in and fix botched jobs, then? <sighs> Terrible, Neil. I, mean, I don't know what's going on with people. Um, um, you know, but I, it's, you know, the more highlighting you do, the better, and you're not f- fair play to you. 
Okay, my friend, thanks for taking the call. Shout out there to Omani Construction and doing some black work for them there in Cork and uh, there are people that I worked for years ago down in the Shen and they're nice, well, nice, fair nice play to you. All right, okay. Mind, you, mind your plumb, Bob. Is that the right term? Bye-bye. Actually, talking about buildings uh, and having to do repair jobs um, or maybe even demolish something and redo it again. I'm hearing some very sad news uh, overnight about the possibility, I haven't had it confirmed yet, but the possibility that the Sextant Bar, that pub, which I think is a, a historical, I know it's a historical building. Uh, it's a, I think there may be a preservation order on it, a conservation order on it maybe, but I believe that it's planned for demolition uh, this evening. Um, now, I'm trying to uh, get clar- clarification on that from um, City Hall or indeed from the developer. And if I do in the next couple of hours, I'll bring it to air. We're working on that one. But, you know, there's a 25-story 25, 25 residential development going up there on the Carey's Tool Hire site um, around the former Sextant Bar. It's uh, John Cleary development. Um, and uh, I think the rule, I read some re- re- regulation this morning, that you can only demolish an historical building if you put up something that's better than it. But how could you put up something better than an historical building that has, um, you know, a lot of heritage and uh, actually is, I think, a particularly beautiful building? So that's as much as I know, but apparently it's been earmarked, I'm told, for demolition uh, around about half past five uh, this evening. So if there's an update and then I'll come back to it. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Just an update on pay your bills from yesterday. Somebody was saying you paid that woman's TV license. I was devastated to hear the story of the poor woman's dog and you didn't give her any money. Can I just say, uh, I got a text from Colette, uh, who doesn't want to give any further details than that, just to say that uh, listening to the show and the text that you received in, I am willing to pay the 350 vet bill for your listener's dog. Uh, thank you so much for that. Um, I will hook you up with the woman who was on air yesterday. And thank you for contributing the 350 euro. It's very kind of you. Somebody else wondering, is Neil going to issue an apology for awarding people who refuse to pay their TV license? No, I'm not. I mean, I'm never in, in, never in my wild. I think I might have suggested what would ever happen if everybody, I remember suggesting or talking about that a few years back, uh, was the license fee even fit for purpose anymore? What would happen if everybody across the nation just stopped paying it? Um, but that's as far as I ever got. I was never suggesting that, you know, you shouldn't break the law or you should break the law. I was never suggesting that, but no apology. I think for, I, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was entertaining to, to say the least. Um, and, uh, I'm not all that keen on send, uh, you know, uh, women, men, or anybody being sent to jail for not paying a television license and on that basis of her having a court summons and the possibility of going to Limerick jail for a spell and leaving her kids behind as a single mother. I know she should have paid it. I know she but we're there all, we all have bills that we should pay. We don't always get around to it. We all get red letters, don't we? The things that are overdue. Um, but on that basis, I paid it because I don't want her to go to jail. So and I don't think... This is turning into Billgate, you know, Golfgate to Billgate. Ed actually suggests that the television license is of another age and it has no place in the modern world. Well, I suppose you got to pay for entertainment, don't you? Don't you? you don't have to pay for this entertainment. It's, it's free. Uh, but with regards to television and, uh, you know, RTE and I guess Sky and the BBC and the rest of them. Anyway, your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Going back to the Cowboys. Um, Ken Gould has trades, tradeworks.ie. It's a website. You can find any tradesman you want, painters and decorators and electricians and plumbers and builders and what have you. Kian, good morning. 
Morning, Neil. Have you, you were listening yesterday and perhaps the day before to the litany of problems people have. Well, to be honest, Neil, it's it's a very common occurrence, unfortunately, in the industry. There's always going to be co-wise and there's always going to be unlegitimate people that you're going to come across. And the problem a lot of people have is that, well, it's, it's just human nature. You're going to take people at face value. They might seem 100% legit. They might be the nicest person ever. But if you don't see any paperwork, it's not worth anything, really. You're going to have to see insurance. You're going to have to see sorts. Like, for ourselves, we started off, we're actually in the industry as well. We do stove fitting. And if we fit a stove and you, you're not certified to fit it and something happens, the first thing the insurance is going to look for is a way not to pay out, basically, which is just, just what happens. They're going to look for certification. Um, like, you know, if, if you put up one of those, you know, you, you, you move around walls and stuff like that and a supporting wall is, is in some way changed or compromised, um, anything happens to it. You can't even sell the house if you don't have certification for things like that. So you can't. Exactly. You have, you have engineers involved. You'd have reports. The tradesmen that carry out the work must be insured for all this. The first thing any insurance company is going to look for is a way of not paying out. But what is the first thing that a, a customer looks for? Is it price? Well, the first thing really is finding the right person. So that's where Tradeworks.e came in. We were actually on your show two years ago. That's right. You brought, it, you brought us on when we started off. But in the, in the two years, it's actually grown and many features have been added since then. Yeah. But, but since trade, the concept of trade works is to avoid exact, exactly what happened to Mary and Linda yesterday. Mm. Mm. So any any tradesmen that are actually members on the site, they have to meet three criteria. They have to be fully insured, they have to be VAT registered, and they have to be qualified in their trade. So... Just exactly how the website works. You're doing a job. You want a job done at home. We just say it's a painting job or electrical job. So you give a spec of the job that you want to be completed. Mm. You can take pictures, videos. And once you once that job goes live, it actually comes to us where a person reviews the job that's going in. And we just make sure there's enough information there. Just so. Then you load it up and do the tradesmen and women look at it then, is it? Exactly. So once once that goes live, so we just say you pick Douglas Cork. All the all the tradesmen that are members in that area would get a text to their phone instantly, saying there's a job of interest there. They can click on that, and if they're interested, they can open up a chat between you and the customer. Gotcha. But by doing this, you can view their profile. And on their profile, you'll have recent work. You'll have reviews other people left. But you wouldn't have you wouldn't you wouldn't have cowboys on your site anyway in the first place, would you? No, you can't. You can't because you'd have VAT registered, fully qualified, insured, certified tradespeople. Exactly. All it takes is one bad one bad tradesman. To okay. Ruin and what what are your thoughts then on people who um, you know you, you know you get these flyers through your door from people doing all sorts of different work, and then they also I got in trouble with people who actually do legitimate people who do advertise on Facebook. So you have flyers, Facebook, and Google searches. Are they a worry? Well, the most important thing is once you see their paperwork and it's up to scratch. There's no issue there. But if you're going to bring, if you're bringing someone in that you found on Facebook or that was bored of most, he done a job for me, and he has no insurances or no sorts, you're leaving yourself open. Then, if if anything does happen down the line, yeah, that yeah. you're going you're going to get caught for the bill on Farsley. That sounds like what happened to Mary and Linda. Well, and Linda, Linda's going to have to sell the house now because it would cost forty, fifty grand to put it right. 
and she's heartbroken over that. Well, and what about the characters then that go around doing facias, soffits, and guttering and stuff like that? Well, these fellas need insurance as well. They need insurance to be going up on ladders. Just if they're going at your roof, they're going to be the last people going at your roof. A lot of people have been roof. caught and even were caught uh, on, on Wednesday. We had a few of those um, paid over a grand or fifteen hundred euro. Um, they did about two or three hours work up on the on the on the roof. Possibly changed two slates, and that was all. That's a worry. Like if you're leaving someone go at your roof and they're not insured or qualified to do that, and something does happen, your house insurance isn't going to cover that. And for someone that doesn't give an invoice or have a VAT number or give you any paperwork, you have no recall with them, do you? Like, you, what is well, someone... You don't, because it's your word against them. You, you could say that they done the job, but unfortunately there's no paper trail there to prove it. So it's going to be you you against them saying they done it. They can deny it down to the ground and say it was never there. I never met that person before. Because as soon as you mention one, as soon as you put one call on the air regarding this, you get loads and loads. That's the thing. You know? That's the okay. thing. But okay. that's what, but Tradeworks itself was built with this in mind. Like, it's a safeguard for all, all these problems. Like, every tradesman that comes through us and that are in contact with our customers, they're fully vetted for everybody. Like, you can find yourself an electrician, a plumber, a builder, a carpenter, a painter. All these people all have the criteria and they're all fully qualified to do the job. And are they all cork tradespeople? No, there's a, there's a good, there's a good variety. A lot of them are cork. And you can see, you can see yourself from the back end. Like we cork our home to some of the best tradesmen in our Ireland and it's really on show when you can see the quality of work that's going up and even just the reviews that are being left by people about tradesmen. Delighted the business, uh, delighted the business is blossoming for you over the last few years. So Tradeworks yeah. is Tradeworks with a Z, isn't it? Tradeworks with a Z. But actually at the moment, just to, just to give back because of that, it actually opened a lot of doors for us with the website. We actually made it 100, just for our COVID response was to make the website 100% free for all tradesmen until January 21. So basically, there's a team now in place that will help all tradesmen, any, anybody that's out there that needs help or anyone that can't do it themselves. We'll actually set you up on the site. We'll get your profile up and running. It's almost like a miniature website that is built for you. You can showcase the best of your talents, the best of your work. So it's a call out then to people in the trades to get in touch uh, if they want uh, you know, to, to generate and drum up business. It's, it's 100% free. You okay. get to showcase your work. It's a way of getting online. But through Tradeworks, we actually were able to branch into other things. We actually opened our first showroom in Cork in Vickers Road. Like The branch off of Tradeworks was Tradeworks Homes, where we do renovations, extensions, fireplaces, stoves, kind of worktops. And just before COVID, we were on fortunate, but it happens. We actually opened our doors a week before the national lockdown, and we had to close again. Mm. But since reopening, we can see there's a lot of traffic coming through. And just from one, one, one thing leads to the other, that just helped us, the website itself, helped us do what we were able to do now. Mm. So it's just a way of giving back. We just want to make it 100% free. Just to, just to give other people a hand, get them up and running. Some people don't have an online presence. And that's the way, the way technology is now. That's the most important. Very thing. important going forward. Okay, good. It's a good thing for you to do. Well done. Uh, and, uh, you know, let people get in touch themselves. Just, just on a side note, just if, if you want to, I'd, uh, just for bringing me on and having a chat, I'd like to give two 500 euro vouchers for the showroom that you can give away to any of your listeners or if you want to run a competition for anybody. Super stuff. That's very kind of you. Absolutely. Send them out to me, will you? 
I will, no problem. Appreciate no. it. Okay, we'll get back to that next week. Kian Gould from Tradeworks. You can get in touch, www.tradeworks, as in Tradeworks, with a Z, not an S, a Z, dot I-E. Um, my apologies. Hold on to Mary. I'll come back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. And we will be paying some more bills today. It's the final day of bill pay in association with Ballancolic Credit Union. Lending to the community. Further details at bcu.ie. Busy morning this morning. Let's go back to the phone lines. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How thank, are you? Thank you so much for holding as long as you did. What You're on about Big Rogers, is it? Well, I have to say now, Neil, we are a country and a city of Big Rogers at this stage now. Why? That poor woman with the three children. You did the right thing. Stop apologising. No, I'm not, apo- not apologising. I'm not apologising. Shut up. I'm sick of listening to him. For God's sake. Right, she made a mistake. She should have paid it. She had three small children. The poor woman is doing her best. I've no children, by the way. I'm not married. No children. I'm working full time, 38 years. I'd be the very first person that would give out saying, I have never claimed maternity benefit, never claimed on, thanks to the God's best mother, never had to claim unemployment benefit. My taxes are keeping the second country going because I get nothing, get no break at all. But I tell you something, if I hear one more of them ring up, some people actually rang the credit union yesterday as well, given out about me. I forgot. But come here. Why is it? Why? But but why is it? Here's 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 a valid question though. How can she afford to pay Sky uh, and not pay her TV? Like my issue was going to court and the possibility of going to jail. I mean, other than that, I wasn't particularly bothered either way. But But hang on a minute. How much is Sky? How much is how much is a basic Sky package? About twenty-seven euro or something. We're in the middle of a pandemic. They're all the same with the children trying to keep them occupied, whatever. She's had six months of it now. I don't know the girl at all. And I don't know, don't know the first thing about her. Yeah, but a lot but of people are saying, ah, sure, for God's sake, you can pay that by the month. It's like eight euro I mean, a month or a ten euro. Now. Direct debit out of the post office. You give nothing to the girl who's job right. And I appreciate that now. But that's an animal they're talking about. These are three children. Would you like to be stuck in the house with three children now and the television? For the one fella's sake, sell the television. How unrealistic is that now? Sell the television with three small children. For Christ's sake, what's the girl supposed to do? They're on about mental health. They said pay your TV licence. And if you don't... I know, and she should pay it. And she admitted it herself. But she did the decent thing. At least she didn't go to jail for the day and the three children and bigger problems again. We way bigger problems than this. I, I mean, I, I thought it was a lovely thing to do. Not everybody agrees, unfortunately, but maybe, I don't know. That's, I just see it differently, maybe to an awful lot of people are critical. What I loved about the conversation as well was um, we started to get texts from other people who say that they don't answer the door as well or they tell the kids don't answer the door when people call looking for money. I'd say an awful lot of people back in the day wouldn't answer the door, you know, for the rent man or the TV man or the coal man or whatever. For sure. Neil, I know I'm very lucky to be still working and I appreciate it. There's loads of people unemployed. There's a lot of people and it's going to get worse and they're in dire straits. If we don't start having empathy for each other and having a small bit of bloody cop on instead of encroaching all the time, mm-hmm. they just have no thought for other people and what they're going through. I think it's outrageous. I really do. 
they'll just want to go away and cop themselves right now. Sure, we're only all trying to get by. Would it be interesting if a mother of three children living alone was in court and was sent to Limerick Jail for a week? Wouldn't everybody be up in arms about that then as well? Up in arms and the poor children. Imagine now what those children would have gone through. But they just don't stop to think about all they can see is, oh, she got a bill paid for Why couldn't I get a bill paid for me? For Jesus' sake. I tell you, I am just up to getting away from that now completely. I'll tell you another thing. We have a court teacher now, long overdue. And I happened to like something on Facebook that he put up. And the abuse I got, Neil. Why? For saying congratulations. Some people who are just begrudgers. You you congratulated me all online on probably Twitter or Facebook or something. You got grief yeah, for it. For, for becoming the Taoiseach. And I voted for him. I have no qualms in saying it. He's a cork man. I hope he, he's not getting a break at all. Because he would load him up with some of them. And no matter what he do, we can't seem to. They just won't well, is he pay, Well, if he has Muppets under them, has he picked them? Well, one minute, no name. They're not all Muppets. Did I say that? No, I know, but they're not all. But I mean, there's a lot of party politics going on there, no, but people trying Anyway, to I suppose, yeah, okay. But, but you, you, you congratulated them and Cork people gave you grief. The, grief? The abuse and name that it's called. I mean, people were going to go away and get a life. Seriously, no. It's interesting. I saw tw- I saw a Twitter post yesterday by uh, Stephen Ryan. He's a tech head on Lee side, uh, and he was looking out his office window on the Mall. And who does he see across the road? And lovely photograph, incidentally, of it as well. But uh, Mihal Martin, the Taoiseach, sitting down at a table with all he was in town doing the shopping. You know, doing the messages. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting down at a coffee table, chatting with this woman. Now he's physically distanced from her, but I th- he's saying, "Isn't it amazing that you know the Taoiseach of the country?" go into town to do the shopping, can stop and chat with people. It's a, it was a lovely sight, he said, to see, right? Um, and then I started reading some of the responses and there was one or two people going on about, oh, for feck's sake, oh my God, he's not even wearing a mask. And he's outdoors. You can't do anything right. You can't do anything right. I'm sorry, no, people are, their expectations are ridiculous. They want, they want, they want, they they went into school there the other morning with their children. They blamed the school for everything. I said, the schools are sick already, the whole lot of them, cribbing and giving out. They went into school with the children. They parked the cars and blocked all the school. They blocked the road, the parents. Well, you know what? There's, a lot of people are six months into it. Maybe they have uh, legitimate reasons to, to complain about me. Um, but I suppose maybe there are others that are just tetchy because it's six months of this carry-on, you know? I agree, Neil, and we live another six months of this. And we're all tired of it. Everyone was, I mean, we're working from home, thanks to the God. I'm working with a great crew of girls and fellas, really and truly. The company I work for has been flat out supporting the community. They have done everything they possibly could between deliveries, volunteering. They have done everything. They're a great company to work for. And And I'm very lucky. But I'll tell you something. People seriously now will want to take a step back. Have you a television license? I have a television <laughs> license. Thanks for the God I have. I, I pay on my bills. All right. All right. I actually pay ahead of time, but I tell you, because I'm in a position to and I'm lucky to. All right. Okay. Fair play. But Thanks, Mary. Something, yeah. All I'd say to you is don't apologise to him. Tell him no. to back off and shut up and cop on. All right. <laughs> Cheers, girl. Take care. Have a good weekend. Nicole, good morning. Hello. How are you? 
How are you? Okay. Not what's your What's your story? You're doing your masters in UCC, is it? I just said I'd give a text in. Yeah, I'm going back in hopefully on the 28th of September to do my masters in criminology. Yeah. How's it going for you? Well, not too bad. I just did. I took a year out there for the year to do. Um, I finished my degree in psychology and sociology. So I said I'd take a year out and applied for my master's and got it. So I'm starting now the 28th of September. And after your master's, what are you going to do? Um, I'd love to try and get into somewhere with, to help people with addiction. So that's the plan. And so did you, did, and good luck with that. And you're flying. And much. did you pay all your own way through UCC? I did. No, I said in the text, uh, my mum and dad, they're very hard working as well. But they said they'd give me, they'd actually pay for my fees. But I said, you know what, now do it yourself. So I did it myself for the three years. Um, paid my way through UCC. I'm working part-time in SuperValue as well. Um, whilst working part-time, I was able to buy my own car, pay my own insurance. Um, no Jesus, how much are they paying in SuperValue? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> enough to get you through college, buy a car, <laughs> insure it. I am very grateful for SuperValue and for the hours I'm getting out there and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, the fees this year are six grand. So they're a bit steep, but they have to be paid. They have to be paid. How are you going to get six grand together? <laughs> I was hoping you might help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get a credit union loan. Well, that's the next step now, yeah. Hopefully, if I got... If you can't help me, I'll go down to the credit union. Do you really think I can give you six grand to pay <laughs> no, your fees for your... Six grand, no, Neil. No, not six grand. How much? Anything will be helpful. Anything, you're fe- if you're feeling generous, we can go half. Are you losing your mind, woman? <laughs> Three grand. I know, I'm only joking. Anything <laughs> at all would be helpful. Um, I mean, the best that I can do is 200. Well, 200 more than who else is going to give me 200 euros? <laughs> on a Friday morning on a phone call. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'd probably get grief for that now as well. People are saying, you're giving that girl 200 euro and her parents are giving her nothing. But as I said, my mum and dad offered to pay for me. And I said, you know what now? Do it yourself. It would be a great sense of achievement getting uh, all at the it end. It, oh, thousand percent. It really, really is. I feel yeah. so I feel so inadequate giving you two hundred euro, but there it is if you wish to take it. Thank you so so much. <laughs> okay. I'm delighted now with that. Uh, pick up the phone and ask. All I can say is exactly. no. Well That's done, Nicole. Thanks I'll put, very much. put you back on hold in regards to all of your family. And well done. So much. far, so Thanks good. Fair play. Thanks a million. Lines are open at one 106 You can text 0868104106. Meanwhile, just to, and this is somewhat connected, I'm writing actually for direction, help or advice. Regards my son. He's been rejected for the Susie Grant uh, for college. I've been estranged from my husband for the last 10 years. And as we are not legally separated and cannot give evidence to support this claim, we've been rejected for his Susie Grant. Myself and my husband split up after over 20 years of marriage. I lived in the family home for a couple of years after the split until it was repossessed because I could no longer keep up with the mortgage repayments on my own. I've never received maintenance from my husband. We moved away from our location to make a better life for my son and myself. I applied for social housing in Cork and I was granted it. And I'm currently on disability allowance. I've given all the evidence they needed to prove that I'm on my own, but they still insist on evidence of legal separation, which doesn't exist. I would be grateful if perhaps you could look into it. I've contacted the Minister Simon Harris. I've contacted Mary Lou MacDonald. 
I've contacted my TD, Thomas Gould. I've been in contact with the support team for Susie, who have absolutely no idea what they're doing. I'm starting to feel absolutely hopeless and lost. But what else can I do? I'd be so grateful if you could look into it. Um, My son is the one that's suffering. He is a fine young man and he deserves an education. Thank you for taking time to read this kind regards, says Marie. Marie, I'm reading this out on air just to let you know that we haven't forgotten about you and we're actually actively at the moment working on your case. The lads here are on it uh, and hopefully we'll have some news and I'd love it to be to be good news. Um, I'm just wondering as well, in just as a, as a by the way, you know, in the in the last 10 years, why hasn't why haven't you gone you and your husband as he as he still is? Why haven't you gone down the route to become legally separated? Um, you know, that's something maybe you might want to think about. Um, but anyway, we're working on the case, and if there's an update on it, I'll be back to it ASAP. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. Unhappy customers and uh, stuff like that over the last few days. I got a response there from the door and window company that we spoke about before uh, 10 this morning. You know, the, the, the whole job was 1,850 euro. There was a 1,500 euro deposit paid. Patio doors came with that glass, windows never came, all that kind of stuff. We eventually did get to talk to the company involved uh, and they say that the customer stopped his front porch extension, uh, although I had paid for the doors and put them into storage. Uh, He recently decided to move on with the extension and the glass for the window has Georgian bars inside. It's toughened glass. Everything is coming from the UK. So stock is low because of the pandemic. I appreciate that. The toughened glass is ready for collection now for his double doors. And that would be fitted in the next few days. When I went out to fit the double doors three weeks ago, he ordered two windows for a hay barn. I have not taken a deposit for the I suppose the deposit, he hasn't taken a deposit for the hay barn windows. Meanwhile, the uh, company involved says, I'm a small business operating from home and my partner is my secretary. I would appreciate my business name being withheld as it would have the potential to ruin me. Well, I certainly don't want to do that. But I'm glad that the wheels of commerce are moving again there, or that there's, um, you know going to be a resolution to that one. So get it done ASAP and all will be well. There's a lot of disgruntled people out there, I have to say, on this Friday morning. Be more in your line on the air to be asking if anybody is missing the burgers from KC's and Douglas. Why do they have a reduced menu? What am I meant to do without the burgers on the menu? Why is a burger too hard for them to make? I have no idea. I, I do know that restaurants have reduced um, um, menus, you know. They're not as elaborate as they used to be. Takeaways, I, I don't know. I think saw a sign in Douglas there recently saying that, you know, you can't just rock up to KC's and Q anymore now. You have to order online and then go in and collect it at an allocated time. Uh, but um, is that worth looking into as to why? I mean, one of the big mysteries as to why KC's have taken their burgers off the menu. Reduced menu, I don't know. We'll find out for you. Maybe somebody else has an idea as to why it is that way. Um, but anyway, text 0868104106 uh, on that one. Meanwhile, uh, I know in the past you've spoken about house parties and would you be so good as to read this out on your program? I won't name and shame the people in question yet, but I might have to eventually. I've had the bad luck to have neighbours who have dogs who bark constantly. Even last night, it went on till 11 o'clock at night. The dogs run around screeching. One of them literally barks at fresh air. It's one thing when the owners are both at work and the mongrels are left to their own devices. 
But even when they're at home, they're out in the back garden acting totally oblivious to the barking and yapping of their dogs. The one that barks at nothing even howls like a banshee. You think he was being murdered. I suffer a lot with my health and there are days when I cannot even get out of bed. I have to lie there listening to them. The awful thing is that the neighbours know this and they just don't give a damn. My partner knocked at their door recently and asked the man of the house if he could do something about the ceaseless barking. The snide reply he got was, that's what dogs do, they bark, don't they? Before I go down a legal route uh, with this, I'd like to know if any other listeners have this problem and if so, how did you rectify it? What did you do about it? Kind regards, a very disgruntled and exhausted listener. Okay, so rather than me throw my tuppence worth in here, has anybody been in that scenario? And if so, how did you resolve it? I think, unfortunately, you happen to be next to people who aren't all that nice and not neighborly. You know, that was a very smart alecky thing to say. That's what dogs do. They bark like, don't they? But let's see if people resolved it. Text 086 I heard a really strange thing. This, this screaming screaming um i actually this was in, in in port mcgee in the middle of the night i actually thought that it was an animal being tortured thought it was something like that it was just this painful screeching screeching for like 10 or 15 minutes um really thought that somebody i looked out and was looking around couldn't see anything and then it stopped after about 15 minutes but i subsequently well i didn't actually my wife subsequently found out that the sound was actually cats having sex. Apparently it's a painful thing for a cat, or so I'm told. So I pass that on for what it's worth. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. text 0868 We had quite a response yesterday to that video was, that was posted online of uh, what I can only describe to the best of my knowledge as homeless addicts having sex between two vans. Um, I didn't find anything funny about it. In fact, I thought it was heartbreaking. But it got a lot of calls from people who were very upset that anybody would think that that was a funny thing. Uh, but others then were critical, saying, if you're an addict, you're an addict because it's your fault you're an addict, that kind of thing. And that people shouldn't have to put up with and see these kind of things. Well, nobody should have to see this, I suppose. But posting it online for kicks, that's another matter entirely. Um, and there was a big response to that. Uh, yesterday, I was actually in town a couple of times yesterday, and I have to say, there's a lot of homeless people on the streets. There's a lot of homeless people on park benches. There was a, a situation yesterday where we had absolutely torrential rain. Was it about four o'clock? Was it about half four? That kind of thing. Torrential rain, um, and two guards were absolutely soaked to the skin, lifting um, uh, an elderly man who had passed out on the pavement at um, just the Remembrance Corner there between the South Mall and Grand Parade. You know where people gathered there just by uh, electric? Um, and they were absolutely soaked trying to lift the man up and walk him along the road, across the footpath and into a squad car because he was absolutely out of it. But near him then there was another eight, maybe ten homeless people who were all gathered, quite young a lot of them actually, many of them out of their heads like what you see on the streets of Cork now you would not have seen 20 years ago which leads me to believe that things are getting worse not better Uh, but anyway you know posting the video uh, Megan's been on uh, the air with us recently about the dangers of this um, you know and there are no laws against this actually just like there's no laws on on revenge porn she joins me by phone Megan good morning did you see the video 
No, I wouldn't watch it. Um, it did get sent to me, but I said, look, I'm not going to breach their consent and watch it. How do you, you know? know? I mean, how do you know? Like that, you don't. You won't know what it's about until you click it. I've been. I was given in-depth descriptions. Okay. Yeah. See, I so I clicked I, I know an open. What it's about? I've 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 seen. I've heard. I've heard a lot about it, like from people who were close to me. But I just didn't want to watch it myself. And the reaction that some people have, the reaction that some people had to this is like the the reaction they would have to a video, a revenge porn video being posted of someone. They think it's funny. Yeah, it's really not funny. And I think we need to be very careful in giving people a platform to come on and laugh about people when really these people need help. Like if you're that upset about somebody... Um, having sex in public or think it's so funny or anything else like call the guards or do something in that way um, Don't. it's not your job then to put them on trial by media and potentially ruin their lives even more like if one of those people took their lives the narrative would change very fast and people wouldn't be calling it funny well you know? there may come a time when they, one of them or hopefully both of them get their life back in order um, and get exactly. back on their feet but that vi- hinder that the video will always be there, like. Yeah, we don't need to. That's the issue. We don't need to hinder this room. How much? Their lives are already hard enough. Why would we add another thing into it to make it ten times worse? And now that could prevent them from getting future employment. Or you can't. You thankfully, thankfully, though, it's very hard to make out who they are. The young man. Yeah, and I've woman. heard that as well. But if you're from the area, apparently they are still identifiable because a woman came on the radio yesterday, didn't she, and said she recognised her. She saw so, the girl earlier up around the Mercy Hospital. Yeah, yeah. But they, so they are recognisable by people who would know them, and that's the issue. Even if they're not widely recognisable, all it takes is one person. These people have families. I think we forget sometimes that there's humans behind these videos. You know, like these are people with their own lives and they don't really deserve to be laughed at by... Did you hear my conversation with the chap who posed, who yeah. recorded... Yeah, yeah. Of course I, I did I and I would, he, I would agree with you. I think he gets it now that it's not funny, you know? Yeah, but still, he said he knew it was wrong yesterday when he posted it. He said that he has compassion, but he still thought that it would be funny to still post it for likes, even knowing it was wrong. And it's a conversation that needs to be had in general. That's still image-based sexual abuse. It does not matter whether... Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...are addicts or any of the rest. It's still recording someone without their knowledge and posting it in a malicious way. So well, people, but people do. They, you know, they video and they post up on social media people fighting with each other. I think I was sent another one this morning now of two girls fighting out in Blackpool. You know, that's, that's yeah, what people I just do. Think Call, yeah, but that's not really okay. I think the only time we should ever record some is if there's a serious crime being committed and you need proof or something like that. Did you see the video that was, yeah, did you see the video that people were claiming was from the Grand Parade in Cork of a couple um, having sex on a a plinth, but, but it actually turned out to be from Galway City. Did you see that one? No, I actually didn't. I didn't hear anything about that one. Well, you could certainly Uh, see, you could certainly see both their faces and they look to me to be homeless. That's, that is just a huge issue. There's nothing really funny about this. You need to get people to help. Like, you don't... I don't know. I don't understand why people think it's funny to kick people while they're down, you know? It, especially if your man agreed that the people in the video were unaware of their surroundings. 
So if they're unaware of their surroundings, they don't know what they're doing. So why is it okay then to make a mockery of them in front of the whole country, basically, because everyone's on Facebook? I agree 100% with you. Do you think that that would be covered under um, a review of uh, the Criminal Justice Act that would be included with making revenge porn a criminal offence? Yeah, well, that's going to be passed by the end of the year. Well, Minister for Justice Helen McAtee has agreed to pass it by the end of the year. And yeah, that will be covered. But would that include a criminal offence for people to post the kind of videos we're talking about yesterday? Yeah, yeah it would be. Yeah. It's um, sharing someone's like intimate images with the intent to cause harm. So uh, whether he intended to cause harm or not, it was still done in a very malicious way. So if he were to do that, say, next year, he would be uh, criminally investigated by the Gardaí? Yeah, very possibly. Okay, 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 good point. Very possibly. Okay. And he came on the air and just was so proud of himself for posting the video when actually he was blatantly admitting to committing a crime, you know. Well, it's, it's, not, a cri- it's not a crime yet, though. It's not a crime yet. Not a, not a crime yet, but by it should be by the end of this year. Yeah, a, it would be the Harassment Harmful Communications Bill. It would provide for a six-month prison sentence upon conviction. Isn't that right? Yeah. Okay, okay. And how's the petition going? It's well past 15,000 now on change.org, isn't it? Yeah, there's been a huge conversation opened up around this in this country. I, it, we're very far behind, so if we get the laws passed, then it's about making sure there's proper support and everything available there for all internet crimes, because we're navigating a new digital age now. Good stuff. So we need to, we need to kind of make sure that we navigate this properly and minimise harm from the internet. Okay, Megan, do stay in touch, all right? Okay, thanks so much. Cheers for now. Take care. Text 0868104106. Lads, pick it up after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. I'd actually think if you're buying a house, right, or you're renting a house, you're moving into an area, you'd want to check what's happening left and right of you because if they have dogs or there is a dog and it's one of these dogs that just barks all day and all night, you wouldn't be inclined to want to buy that house then, would you? Or even rent it, because you want peace of mind. Joseph, good morning. Hello. Did you have to move home? No, I moved into, I bought a home. Oh yeah, so you moved and you moved into a house. And what was it, what was it like? I bought a, I downsized, I bought a new home, right, for yeah. myself. Um, I'm not young, and I have been in hospital this year. I hope my to God, I'm not drawing more trouble on myself by talking to you, with all respect to you. But I've been in here 8 o'clock in the morning, and the dog has been barking incessantly till 11 o'clock, several mornings when the owner goes out. Um, I've got on to, got exasperated. I won't tackle a new neighbour because I don't want trouble, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I've got on to dog, it's meant to be a, dog, a rescue dog. I've got on to dog rescue centres, which has been a, ta- a total waste of time. They say that if the dog is fed and watered, does not they can't do anything else. That dog's bark, it's not a, it's not a cruelty. It's not a kind of a... Well, I think to leave a dog, and I would classify, I, I would say the same thing as regards a child. If a child is terrified of being left on its own, and if a dog is terrified of being left on its own, it's going to make noise. Like if a child was crying every morning with no one in the house, is it two hours a morning or is it until 11pm? I've heard it going incessantly from 8 o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock in the, after, in, in, the, in the morning. 
Okay, three hours solidly. That to me is cruelty to a dog that needs people in the house, obviously. It's a rescue dog. It should not, in my mind, be in a home whereby it's allowed, left alone and probably frightened, a little thing, and left barking its head off. And for animal welfare people, it's meant to be a rescue dog, as I said. For animal welfare people that I've tried to get in touch with to say as long as it's fed and watered, there's nothing they can do. So are you, are you more worried about the dog than you are about your own health and, uh, and peace of mind? Both. 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 Yeah, because that, would, that would actually fry my brain now, that would. Well, it's incessant. And the, the other thing is there's a teenage child there and both of them are roaring at the dog when they're there to shut up. I mean, <laughs> it's... It, Did you buy that house? Keeps, yes. Uh, yes. Um, a rescue dog should be in a place where it's going to be happy. That, to me, two people roaring and shouting at the dog to shut it up on top of when it's left on its own. What did the CSPCA say about it? The ISPCA, the dog board? Yeah, the the, um, cruelty to animals. Their answer was fed and watered. They can't do anything. The only thing is call the guards, which I won't do. They have enough to do. Listening to you, they have plenty to do without coming to somebody's home as regards a dog barking. It comes down to the county council. It's a, an environment thing, noise um, issue. There is, a, there is a noise abatement act knocking around somewhere on the statute well, books. Something, something like that, new. yeah. yeah right. but, anyway, but, I'm going to go. Okay. I'm going to go and leave you at it. Okay, but, uh, but you haven't spoken, you haven't had a chat with the neighbours, though, you're saying, no? I will not draw trouble on myself, and hopefully they won't recognise my voice. All right, my friend, okay. Uh, I, you know, I, don't, I just don't want to draw trouble on myself. I know, I know, but it's very upsetting for you. Okay, I'll let you go, Joseph. Thank you. Anybody have any ideas as to how we can help him? He doesn't want to draw the wrath of the neighbours, but, you know, um, that is assuming that if you were, he were to say something to him, that the, the, the reaction would be a negative one. It may not be a negative one, you know. They may just be mortified and, and resolve the issue. Mentioned earlier, I'll come back to that, mentioned earlier on this morning, I was hearing reports in the grapevine that the sextant bar was to be demolished later on this afternoon. Um, but one man who knows his history in Cork and he knows his buildings on Leaside is Councillor Kieran McCarthy. So we put a call into him this morning, see if we get maybe an update, clarification or a steer on the topic. Kieran, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? What do you know about this? Um, well, the process has begun to demolish it. Um, I suppose last year, planning permission was granted with Umbor Planola to take down the sextant bar and to keep the old Corkback Rock terminus on the other side of it at the top of the National Sculpture Factory. And there was a little campaign to try to keep the sextant bar. I know I wrote to Umbor Planola, but it was unsuccessful. I think the problem is the building wasn't protected. And then, oh, it wasn't. It, it had no, it had no particular title attached to it, like no, listed there was building. No on it and heritage and building have, nothing no nothing even though it is on the building there is this thing called buildings of Ireland website where they're going to give you all the details and dates of buildings and 1877 seems to be the one for the sextant bar uh, and I, I've come across it the first public in there at least by the 1890s was the sextant family and in the 1910s moved to the Markham family and somewhere in the 1960s changed to this name Sextant but, I, but there's very little research done on it that was just my scouring through all newspapers this morning I'm, just a, bit, I'm just a bit concerned about it because the Echo uh, recently had an article on this um, from 
Actually, I'm not talking about it. It was, it was an article only yesterday in the Echo that says the building is included by the Department of Arts, Heritage, Heritage and the Gwaeltacht on the National Inventory of Architectural Heritage. What does that mean? I think, it, yeah, it's it's deemed important, but I don't think it's fully protected under law. Um I mean, years ago, you'd have preservation orders on buildings. Um, like, the problem is with this is that planning has been granted. I mean, I was one of maybe five or six other people that wrote the letter in going, look, this building has architectural status. It blends in nicely in the, in, into the area. It adds to the sense of place, the character. But on broad plan, all I didn't see it as that. And I think the quid pro quo was that the sextant bar will be taken down and then the, the Cork Black Rock Terminus, um, as now carries tool hire, that part of that building would be retained and then you'd have the, the glass building behind that. Um, so like, there's, there's nothing that can be done at this point in time. This battle was at the end of, end of last year that some of us, like, as I said, including myself, was, were, were trying to fight. Well, if you, you wouldn't have gone to battle if you didn't think it was worth saving. It's a sad day then, is it? Um, yeah, it is. It's another piece of the puzzle gone. Um, and it's not just that building, it's just different buildings around us and I'd like, like on your show in the past you've also had stories of Cork Dockers on a lot Neil and it's in fair play to you, you've given a lot of um, air time to that as well and the heritage of Docklands it's just, we just, it's important to... to that was worry. a Dockers pub Kieran, was it? It was, yeah of course it was. It would be, yeah. That one and the Marina Bar was around the corner. But uh, I mean, I, I, I think the, the inside of it really was it had a lot of twentieth century, late twentieth century material, which was deemed not to have a not to have a heritage value. Um, we just need to be careful. I mean, I know that like the, behind the Port of Cork building there, there's going to be a mini skyscraper beyond the bonded warehouses there on the tip of where the North Channel and the South Channel of the Lean meet, and we just may, need to make sure that the story is told. Uh, I always think that. These new buildings, they should have some like ten percent of the character of the older buildings around us. Like, if we want new buildings, that that's fair enough, and a city needs to evolve. But it'd be nice just to touch base what was there before. I mean, for me, one of my greatest worries is actually the Odlums building um, on South Dock. The Odlums building, yes, the big red brick. I just think there's massive scope of that building for a cultural centre or something that would retain the character of the building or tell the story of Docklands or tell the story of the future of Cork or, or something. And, and my, my, my focus is kind of has been on that the last kind of two or three years. Actually, well. like just on that building, the, 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 the Adams building, because I've looked at it many times, it has some very ornate kind of sculpting, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Um, almost like almost Egyptian. Apparently that was the cool thing back at the turn of the century. Yeah, it's a, it's a building in two halves, like the lower half is 1880s and the upper half is 1930s. So it was built in two different times. Uh, and we've got, we're very, very lucky. We've got sketches of what the building, building looked like in 100 years ago, 1910s. And there's quite a, an amount of information on the history of flour milling in the city, in the city library. And oh, we've got so much information, but it's, it's trying to get that information across to the people who own the building. I know, but I suppose people say if you don't lose, if the people say if you don't lose it, use it, you lose it, you know? Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, so that's kind of a fear of mine. Um, but I do know that I think as a John Cleary development in Penrose Key is trying to do something on the history of the steamship industry. I think one of his buildings actually in three years' time is 200 years old, the old steam packet building where that statue of King George slaying a dragon is 200 years old in three years' time. And then we've got the Port of Cork building, that the Idolums building, we've got, say, that block where Goldbergs is there. Um, and also, there, I mean, there, there are people living there who have concerns as well, like they bought houses over the last two years and the last decade, and they're kind of wondering what's going to happen to Docklands. And that's going to be the area 
through the, this new city development plan that the council are putting together that will be most targeted over the next 10, 15, 20 well, years. Well, what is going up there, and people possibly know already, is a 25-storey um, JCD development of residential apartments, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be uh, tall, 25 floors. It's going to be tall, but so if you look at the public realm around there, it's, it, it, we've got narrow footpaths, the roads yeah. are quick. It's not an area that where you can slow down to stop. Like, if you go down to Docklands today, it's not... Unless you're on the quayside itself, you can't just walk on the road and kind of sit back and look at the uh, look at the buildings. I mean, the public realm needs to be fixed up there. I don't want to. I don't want as well like what I call storyless streets. They all they all look the same and same glass buildings, and we're like, well, and there's no story. I just think there's there's mass, massive opportunity, and it's something that I just be, I've been keeping pressure on in the council, or just from my own side as much as possible, or sending in a letter to Broken All and just touching this, or just even giving walking tours or writing about it in my different history spaces and okay. um, so but yeah it is a sad day and I mean I, I went down to the Sexton Bar this morning and you can see they're clearing out the back of it kind of onto the Cary's tool hire site um, and so that, I think the, the process of demolition I'd say is it, 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 it's about to begin I mean I, fair play to your researcher if you can get it as accurate as half four today or five o'clock today. he says he says Seamus says between 5.30 and 8.30 it'll be gone yeah, but there's no like there's no hoarding around any footpath. That's, no I mean, uh, that's that's just what I'm told. Sad day, an inevitable day. No, no regulations, laws, or bylaws are broken on this, but a sad day nonetheless. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's another, it's an icon of Cork that's that, that's going to disappear. And um, but as I say, I mean, we just need to keep put, keep putting pressure on the buildings that have sur- that are surviving. Just as just as a, by the way, you mentioned Odlums, and you know, down the docks, there's all you can still see a lot of the railway track for the goods that used to go up and down the quay. You know. Um, yeah. um, and that big building, I was in Cape Town in January, although with the pandemic, it feels like 10 years ago. But yeah. I, I came across what was also an old milling factory, very similar to the Odlums building in the same kind of an area with the same railway tracks outside and everything. And they turned it into a super five star hotel. And outside it, you know, the big dumpers that they would use, they'd be on tracks going up and down with all of yeah, the flour yeah. and stuff coming in off the ships. All of those are parked up outside the hotel everywhere, and it is just a living memory, like a living museum hotel of what had been yeah. there before, and it's now a five-star hotel. That's what would work down there. That sounds a really, really good idea that you're, you're kind of merging the new one, the old. Oh, it was a, it was a super I, I, job. Everything can't be a museum either. Like the city has to evolve and grow. But no, but it was a five-star hotel with a nod to what it was before. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, that's what I'd like to see in Cork as well—that we marry some old and new ideas and just and, and keep moving. Um, and I, I yeah, that, that's appreciate you taking the that. call. It's a sad day. Bye bye to the Sextant yeah. Bar. Thanks for that, Karen. As always, Karen McCarthy uh, fought the fight, the good fight, Councillor Karen McCarthy. Monica says this iconic building. She sends me a photograph of the Sextant. Actually, it is a very quirky, beautiful building, and I always loved the colour of it. It was kind of like that. Here's my stupidity now. Is it duck egg blue? Is that is that a colour or have I just made it up? Um, this iconic building has been knocked today. Many is the good night I had here in my youth. At the back is the old West Cork train station. So it's a very integral part of old Cork that we're losing today. Thanks for that, Monica. Sad day indeed, yeah. Um, but an inevitable day, I suppose. 
They call it progress, right? Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. There are many lanes and streets that um, kind of join the likes of uh, Patrick's Key and the other keys with, say, for instance, Coburg Street and, and Leitrim Street and areas like that, you know, in and around Devonshire Street and places. And that's the area we were talking about with regards to this video of the uh, what looks like a homeless couple. Uh, having sex between two vans and, you know, it was posted like many videos are these days for kicks online. Uh, Jason, good morning. Hey, how are you, mate? I'm good, my man. You're clean? You're, you're clean? You, you were doing, oh, yeah, you're doing clean, well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. fair play yeah, to you. Yeah. But um, right. in the bad old days, was was it the likes of heroin and that? Yeah, heroin was the main one. I was taking any drug, like, but heroin was the main one for me anyway. Uh, I'm yeah. always amazed that people who managed to kick heroin, fair play to you. That must have been hell. Yeah, oh, very hard. Trying for years, but finally got it, like, with the help of all the other people through the meetings and stuff, you know? Fantastic. Well done, kid. Did you see that video? I did, I seen it. Lousy, lousy. Like, don't get me wrong, no, I laughed at it, and I was... But, geez, I didn't think it was going to go this big at all, like, everywhere. No. Now you you I didn't hear the the I didn't actually watch much of it, but uh, I certainly didn't listen to the sound. Apparently, there was sound as well. Um, and then you're saying there were comments that you read afterwards. What were they like? No, like I, I heard the men saying stuff on it. I didn't. It's, I met. Uh, sorry, no. The Lord, the any person that I seen that I seen that video. I never heard not one good thing about it. So it was not, and it was nothing about the boy. It was always about the girl. There you go. That's what I wanted to hear so from you. It's, it's say it's, it's going to get hit with it. Like, your man, if your man hears it, he's proud about it. But that girl, like, she's the one getting the bad. So he's a legend and she gets called slot, is it? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing about. Like, any of the boys I know are draw, like, oh, Jesus, look at that. I won't mind that. No, like, not joking, like, Camden, like. But then all the girls and stuff in her saying, oh, what a slot. No, she's going to get this rest of her life. But Jermaine, to be honest, no, I can't even remember what Jermaine looks like in the video, no, but they're, I think to him. They're, they're, they're apparently addicts and they're homeless and people are finding it funny in spite of the awful that life. That don't make a difference. That don't make a difference if they're an addict or not, like, no, you know what I mean? No, but it makes a difference in the sense that they don't have a home to do it in private or they don't have anywhere, anywhere to lay their heads at night except on the streets. Well, so neither if you walk in town every week, you're going to see something like that anyway. And they're not all addicts, like. And the weekends, you're seeing it at every corner. Yeah, I was quite no, concerned uh, yesterday. There was a lot of carry-on in the city yesterday. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. You're, I just feel sorry for the girl. That's the one I feel sorry for. You said that it shouldn't be put up. Uh, she might never She might never want to get clean again after that video. Uh, in fact, yeah, she may she want might, to even yeah. harm herself. She might. Should I, oh, gee, well, if there's bad things like that, can't worry anyone that's going to make her worse, like. Well, that's what I think, anyway. And why is it oh. that the girl gets called out and not him? He's the legend, like. So that's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is for everything nowadays, like, isn't it? I feel sorry for, like... Like, it just, the video shouldn't be put up like that. Well, don't get me wrong, I laughed at it and stuff for a few minutes, and then I was like, oh, I feel so sorry for that girl. Yeah, when the penny the man, drops, yeah. Like, your man that made the video, like, like so he's a legend over that as well, like, but... Obviously, it's going to go bad for me too. Well, I think he realizes now. I was chatting with him about it he yesterday. Does, yeah. You know that yeah. this is not like, this is not funny. There's a story to everyone's life. Yeah, yeah. Like if I had that video, I would have sent this to one of my friends. Oh, but it's too late. Then when I done it, it gets worse. So I people just don't think properly at the start. Well, that's what I think anyway. 
I just think that it should be taken back down if they could, if it could be taken back down. No, I don't know, man. No, it's, when it's up there, it's up there. Did you ever have to spend time on the streets? I didn't have to, but I did stay in the streets. Like, like I was, I could went to my mum's most of the times, uh, but I was so bad I couldn't go back into my mum's. Like, so I did sleep on the streets. Normally, when summer to winter, like squat houses and all stuff like an abandoned house. Yeah, yeah. With other people, is it? Yeah, with other people, yeah. Oh my God, that must yeah. have been rough as hell. Maybe you didn't even know how rough it was, you were so out of it. I was just going to say, you wouldn't really notice it because you're starting out of heads, you're going in, you're going to sleep. The minute you wake up, you're going back out to get more than again, like, you know? I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Okay, well listen, congratulations on turning it around, all right? No, Thank Feel you. free to hold on there if you want. Don't go anywhere because John doesn't may not necessarily agree. John, yeah. good morning. How are you? What do you make of it? Well, I know this guy Anthony that took the video that he got uh, a lot of criticism yesterday. But leaving aside the fact that he made that people said just go for a laugh or whatever, to me he done the service right because it was a social commentary on the way society is now being debased in our city, right? When this, like, if you act like a dog in the street, expect to be treated like one. This would not be tolerated before. You wouldn't even see it, right? Now, I know that people have addiction problems. And I said it umpteen times. I said it in your show, Neil, right? They should, the girls shouldn't have to be dealing with what you saw yesterday there. There should be a special unit to deal with people who come on the streets. I don't believe it. the injection centres uh, being inside the city centre. The business people certainly don't want this. The patients of Cox City don't want I guess it. I know that. That's another topic for yeah, another yeah. day. You're talking about no, two individuals who are out of their heads if they had their time. If but it just shows, like, I mean, like, I mean, what's going on now? I know it's been tolerated in our city. I, you have two economies. You have the day economy, you have the night economy, right? And I know there's people now with disposable incomes that will not come into the bars and the restaurants in Cork City before the pandemic and even though they opening up, right? Because they're scared of the people who are on the streets. Some of them can be very aggressive, right? And that is affecting our nighttime economy, right? But I mean, like, to me, it was a social commentary and to see how our city has slipped. And it slipped because... But, yeah, no, it was, put up, it was put up for laughs, though. People were laughing at it. They said it was funny. They don't realise yeah, that I, these I, are I, two I, human I, beings I, behind us. I'm taking the, 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 other, the other road because I think it's a social commentary and how our city has been debased, right? And as I said, look if, look, if you're in public, I mean, we had this out of the water campaign where the girls were filming us and we remonstrated with the girls, right? And they said it was a public area. And I said, if I start filming you, sir, he says, you're quite entitled to do that, sir. There's a big difference then between what the, the lady caller that came on there and was on about the revenge porn, right? She's wrong there because if you're in public, you, you could be feeling Neil walking down Patrick City because the person is filling the street and you can't do nothing about it, okay? Yeah, no, revenge porn is where an ex-partner, you might have ten, done, taken intimate photographs with him or her or a video, yeah. a well, sex I, video, I, I, and I, then when I, the I, relationship breaks up, he or she then posts it well, online. My, my comment on that as well is, right, why put yourself in that position first place. Any woman that said this is an intimate moment between either wife and girlfriend, partners or married individuals, right? And this is no, not but you must live the perfect life. Have you never made a mistake? No, hang on a second, like anyone that would a woman that would allow herself to be videoed, right, has no respect for herself. And then if something goes wrong the relationship then the, yeah man is it, uh, they, uh, she uh, she may be in love. It may be a private thing. 
But I mean, why do it? I mean, it's an intimate act, right, between people that love each other, supposed to love each other anyway, right? Why would you film it, like, and then take the chance after this thing might end up on the internet all over the world? Look, it's, fi- okay. Look, it's, fine. it's fine to be saying that the videos of people on between two vans is a social commentary of the city we live in. That's fine. We don't, we don't like it. It shouldn't be that way. But at, the same, but at the same time, I'd imagine the two people, the man and the woman, the young people in the video, if they're time over again, they would never have touched drugs. They're probably in a zombie state from addiction. And what, why, why don't you ever give any thought to them? Well, look, I tell you why I don't give any thought to them, right? For the simple reason, anyone that's taking heroin, or you go back to the Bally family and Bally morning in the 80s, when no one knew anything new about drugs, right? And there was a whole generation decimated and died above there, right? Because the authorities at the time, the government, didn't care because they were in corporation houses and flats and apartments, and they were the dregs of humanity. That's the way the people and the government looked at them. They had no time for the working class. They didn't take their drugs and leave them die, right? Now, all these years later, right, anyone starting down the road of heroin knows you don't start down the road of heroin, right? I lost my two friends in 1994, one of 42 and the other of 36. They didn't go out looking for cancer. Cancer found them, right? It ripped through them. I saw my best friend in a distressed state inside in the hospital where he was, his bones are after leaking and he was so upset that the nurse would come down and see it and have to change the sheets. So, please... I mean, when I saw that, I like, mean, anyone then that starts down the road of self-destruction, I'm sorry, I have no sympathy. Hang on a second. Jason, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here, Neil, yeah. What, yeah. what do you make, do you have a response to any of that, particularly even thinking about when you first picked I up a needle? That, uh, I think, sorry, what did you say there? Particularly, do you recall when you first picked up a needle, what was going through your head? Uh I, I can't. I think I was just trying to get a, a stronger bang off it, like basically, you know. That's all I can kind of think of, because the smoking wasn't doing enough for me anymore, so. So I take the heroin, you need to get a bit of bang off it. There's a point, in fact, now there, like, I mean, it was just self-gratification. They put in the process of doing that. He knew he was damaging his health, like, so why go down that road in the first place? But sure, like, you know, like, you know it's there's, enough, there's enough of people up in COH this morning, you know, and dialysis, no, and other people getting cancer diagnosis this morning, crying their eyes out with families and everything. And they knew of another section of society then that's deliberately poisoning themselves. Yeah, about taking the heroin, it's a mistake, like, they don't, they don't, they don't take it, no one is a good thing, no. The dogs, the dogs in the street, like, I mean, no, you don't take heroin. So why Sorry? start down that road in the first place? Problems. Things were done to me. He wanted to escape. I get that. I understand that. Christ Almighty does those people. Listen, how many times have you dealt with people here? Yeah, I know, but I mean, I'm, 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 not, I'm not, like, I'm just, I would suggest, Don, don't ever take up counselling, whatever you do. Well I, 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 well, I told you, like, I mean, what I saw with my two friends. Yeah, well, we, we, all have can, we all have cancer stories, but it doesn't lessen the blow of, of addicts. You well, know? I mean, there's a big difference, as I said. People don't go out looking for cancer, but people do go out looking for heroin to destroy themselves. Okay, all right. You know, they try to destroy themselves. I tried to commit suicide while doing it, and it just wasn't working for me. It's just the problems you have to... I didn't want to... The things that were in my head, things that were not being in your head, like... Who needs... You need to cover your head, like someone with the. You you did what you did, um, yeah. to get out of reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To clear your head of the things. Person, like, yeah. I wasn't the same kind of way he is there, like. 
Leave this to no, uh, look, look, this And like he said about the video with the people there, like that's completely wrong. But he said, Sorry, John, stop. They what? They what? They all trusted the man. They, they trusted they would do it themselves. They didn't think the people were going to record them. Like that's completely wrong. He's saying that they were wrong for doing this out in the street. That man that's obviously done things like that in his back in the day. As I said, if you act like a dog in the street, you'll be treated like a dog. Okay, let me get so some more thoughts like on it. You were never like a dog in the street, though? No, no, I told you just like... Oh, she's a marvellous fella. <laughs> okay, but listen, Jason, Jason, yeah. I'm going to let you go. But again, congratulations. You know, stay on All the road, right. okay? Thanks very much. Thank Cheers, you. Cheers, Pat. Look after yourself. Pamela. Pamela, you're on there? You're on three? Hi. You want to pick? Hello? You want to pick up on the conversation? Yeah, go ahead. I'm absolutely livid with John. Livid. I can't even. I can't even listen to him speak. It's the most disgusting rhetoric I've heard on this show, and I don't know how long. Really? The victim shaming. Like I don't know about this video. I have no idea what it's about. I've kind of gotten a general context of it. But to, like, this is what addicts have to deal with and this is why it's a mental health issue. And it's people like that that make it worse. That mean that we have to deal... Excuse me, I'm speaking. I've heard enough of what you said. Don't become an addict in the first place. Excuse me, John. We can't all be as freaking amazingly perfect as you are. To imagine that not once in your life, not once in your life have you ever succumbed to mental illness. Thank God for you, John. Thank God you don't have to deal with it every day. Deal with something that you have no control over. Like your two friends is very similar to cancer. I actually cannot believe that you would equate it with that. And still, I mean, are you going to Mass on Sunday? Are, like is that is that what is this the rest? Yeah, well, he he's say, he's saying that nobody consciously um, asks for cancer, but somebody who picks nobody up a needle or smokes or injects I heroin sure is asking for it. Neil, I sure as hell didn't wake up and ask to be an alcoholic, but I was one, and I am thankfully seven years sober now. And your other caller there, you're damn right. Heroin is unreal to get off. I have some. I have known some people through getting sober, that I honestly do not know how they did it. But by God, they did it. And it is the biggest struggle of a life to get over an addiction like that, that takes over your life in such a way that you cannot function. You cannot function without it. And God help you, John, if it ever happens to you or yours. But he says it will never happen if you, do, if you, if you never touch heroin. Of course. Come here. Does anyone walk out the door and say, come here, I'm going to try heroin today. Sounds like a great idea. Or or better again, what's MDMA? Will I go try that? Nobody tries it. Everyone starts off with something else. Whatever your addiction is. Wait a second, John. It's a very interesting point. It's a a gradual, it's a gradual journey. Whatever your addiction is. An addiction can be anything that is destructive to you and your personal life. Anything that you cannot control. Do you think that those two individuals had no idea of their surroundings, were oblivious to it all? Come here. I doubt they even knew what planet they were on. There There are things that happen when you're addicted, when you're in addiction, that sometimes can make living with it afterwards unbelievable and I haven't like I can't say I've experienced anything like that but I do know your other caller will agree in addiction 
when you come out of it, when you're finally clear, there are things you can never face about it. Is that shame you're referring to, is it? Of course. The main, the main criterion in addiction is shame. You need to be shameful. You need to be ashamed of yourself. It's, it's what the addiction needs. And for people like him to come out and speak like that, only drives further into the other people who are listening, who are dealing with addiction right now, that they should be ashamed of themselves, that they should be where they are. Comments like, if you act like a dog, you'll be treated like a dog. Exactly. Let's be honest. And John, God help you if you ever end up on the street, boy. Well, I would God definitely, I assure you, you that would never happen to me. Are you, because of course, John, because everyone who ever said that the, it's never the happened. That one, the reason that won't happen to me is because I take responsibility for my world. Yeah, I know that, but hang on a second. That's an excellent point that Pamela makes. I keep going back. Okay, we see two people who are in their late 20s having sex between two vans. But at one stage, they were six years old or four years old or nine months old or born. Yes, of course. Um, yes, so yes. No, nobody know, sets out, nobody sets out from the womb. Um, except with the best of intentions in life, you know, and their parents we know that, love them and wish the, the world for them. And you, you just made a comment there. You said there about grad, gradual, uh, uh, you know, getting addicted gradually. There's no such thing with heroin as, as gradual addiction. You're, How do you know, John? The minute you walk that door, you're in. Sorry, Hello? sorry. Yeah, no, you're grand. I'm going to come back in a couple of seconds' time. Don't go anywhere. I just had some lines collapse on me there. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. we an issue with the phones there for a while. Um, and we'll resolve it after after 11. But Thomas, good morning. Good morning, John. Uh, I have, uh, Neil. Are you are you under pressure? Can is there any chance we could pick up the conversation after 11, or do you, are you under pressure now? Well, yeah, we can pick it up after 11, so. Okay, can you hold on? Then we'll come back after 11 and I'll come back to you and I'll come back to Pamela as well. Appreciate it. Just time is a bit tight right now. Incidentally, uh, again, back to Bill Gates from yesterday, paying the bill of somebody who didn't pay her television license and got a summons and was going to court and afraid that she'd be off to uh, Limerick Jail and I paid the fee. Um, Neil, I will not pay my television license. They can bring me to court and I will go to Cork Prison. And when I get out, I still won't pay it. Um Another one here. I've been paying my television license all my life, but the COVID uh, exposed blatantly how RTE use it as a propaganda tool for the ones in power. And they still do. I heard the interview with Michal Martin the other day, uh, Claire Byrne. Nothing more than a puppet of Fine Gael. Uh, Wake up, people. I'm not paying my TV license this year. I protest against the brainwashing of the masses. Um, in what way would she be a puppet or RT be a puppet of Fina Gale interviewing the Taoiseach who is Fina Fall? I don't quite follow that, but I think what you're saying is that RT follow the government narrative. I think the woman on the radio is living in La La Land, being so nice to think that everyone is a begrudger. Not everyone is a begrudger. No, not everybody was against the paying in that bill, but there was more people that were against it, that were in support of it, I have to say. Um, back after 11 on 1850 104106. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. And uh, just briefly, do you remember that uh, letter that I read out there yesterday from Millie, who wrote to the Taoiseach, uh, Michal Martin, about her club and you know, her granddad not being able to go watch her playing sport and she's a member of Valley Rovers and she wrote the Taoiseach. He wrote back. 
he sent her a handwritten two-page letter in fairness to him. And I have that letter from the Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, back to Millie. And I hope maybe it might even be great to see if I can have a quick chat with Millie on the air. So he did write back. I was wondering whether he would or not. Handwritten as well and signed. So it's a lovely letter. I'm sure she's delighted with it. But back to the phone lines we go. Thomas, thank you for holding on. What's on your mind? Yes, I was listening to the comments there that John made. And I, I think John is 100% right. I mean, people are not shoving the drugs in their arms. People are not shoving the drugs down their throat. They choose to go down that road. I mean, if we all went down that road, society would be, uh, you know, gone beyond. So, it's the, so the, therefore that makes it their own fault and they should not be helped, is it? Well, they get help, John or uh, Neil. They get help, but they choose not to continue with the help. They choose to stay on it and go back. And as the other good, the first caller said, he gets a buzz out of it. We all, life is not made of a buzz. We all have to get up and go to work and pay our bills and stuff like that. You don't have to depend on the person next to you to carry every day of the weekend for the rest of your life. Yeah, but, but there are issues in their lives that leads to them we, we abusing substances. Issues. We all have issues. We're, we're, all born, we're all born from day one, right? We're all, we're all coming to the world in the same way. Right? That's the, but that's, all, that's where people's paths can, 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 can just go into different ways. We're, we are all born the same way, but how we're reared or looked after or the experiences of the, uh, the trials, the tribulations that we go through, they're all different stories. You know, you could have bad, you could have bad parents, you could have uh, abusive parents, you could have been the subject of different types of abuse, you could have mental health issues, you could suffer from depression. You there? Oh, you're there, Pamela. Yes. Hi, may I just say something there on that? Uh, uh, yeah, well. May I just say something there on that? Yeah. There is, to the outside world, there is no reason in the world why I should be an addict. To the, I have had a wonderful family, a wonderful family life, have been given everything I could have ever needed in my life. There is no reason to anyone else, to people like John and to this other caller there, I think his name is Thomas, Correct. why people like me are an addict. The reason is because, like that, I was born into this world that way. I have a particular weakness. I have to monitor it every day. People don't choose this. Nobody chooses to do what those people are doing there on that video. They're not choosing that. That's not a choice. That is a choice that was taken out of their hands by addiction. Sorry, we're not, we're not talking about the video. Speaking, the fact that you are speaking, but the fact that you're speaking about this. But why did it happen then? But at least it's an interesting thing to probe. Why did it happen then, Pamela? Exactly. For me personally, it's because I have mental health issues. Okay. I deal with uh, depression, anxiety. I do have a particular incident that I have PTSD from, but that's a different story altogether and not entirely. The point of the matter is... You were predisposed. from every week, every walk of life. I have been yeah, in enough treatment centres. Excuse me, I listen to you. I'm just... Okay, you're deviating from I'm, the first, the original comments. The first comments that Your comments. You, are, you came into the comments after John. The comments that I referred to was what John said. I said John was right for the, for the outlining the issues at the previous we have a choice in this. It's your own... He, he, said, he says no one shoved drugs down their throat or put a needle in their arm. It's their That's own correct. fault. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I am exactly thinking how much that is not yes. anyone's fault. 
these Lads, this isn't going, going to work for me, to be honest with you. It's just not going to work if you're shouting yeah, at each other. In society, this is where people's time is taken up. Or Gardaí should be out there helping people on the street, not dealing with these drug addicts every day of the week, not dealing with all these drunkards and whiners on the streets. All the Gardaí time is out there. But where's your compassion? Like, where is your humanity gone? Like, did you ever have any touch of humanity? They've gained a certain amount of help. A lot of people will accept the help, but there's a hell of a lot of people out there who don't want help. They're out sitting in the parks drinking and God knows what, popping their drugs, popping their tablets. But you got to look at the, you got to look at, and listen, I get as frustrated and as annoyed as you do. I I see it, I see it every day I go into town, but there's a backstory to everybody. There is like... If you if we all went down that road and we all thought it was a great fun to get up every day and go to work or sorry, go drinking and go to the park and have our bottles and our drugs, where would society be? So you what say that anybody that you see anyone that you see in that looking after hospitals. So everyone we all went down that path. They'd be, the hospitals are full of you know, drunks and addicts and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Yeah, I, nurses and doctors at the same. If we, this lady saying, "What's oh, is great? So, they're sick. They have mental health." If we all went down that board and all uh, we all thought in that way. We'd have no nurses. Okay, so let's say that they don't have mental... That none of the guards and no medical health professionals that I've ever had to encounter have ever had this attitude. Thankfully, the people on the street... Thankfully, the people who are dealing with them actually know what they're dealing with and they're not people like you. I commend any guards who deals with people. So, okay. What we're not disputing is they they get certain amounts of help and they choose not continue with the help. They choose to go back out to the... the because it's so tough. Can I just rewind, Thomas? Forget about getting help and failing or not asking for help or not taking help or rejecting help. Oh, yeah. Just so, But you, you say... It's interesting what you're saying because you're actually saying that somebody gets up at some day in their life and says, do you know something? I'm going to try heroin today. It must be That's great. That's what I said earlier. Like, do you believe that, Thomas? No. No, or I they just handed heroin at a party or something. Do you think this is yes. what happened? Or are you one of these people that believes that people spike other people's sweets on no, Halloween or I something? I believe that people it's experiment, but just when they continue after the experiment and to the next level, at the next level, and the next level. And do you ever ask yourself why these people experiment with things that they know is dangerous? Do you ever ask well, yourself why people who know that heroin is instantly addictive, who know that meth is bad for them and is going to probably kill them, who know that if they drink a bottle of whiskey every single day, it's probably going to kill them. Well, My thing for you, Thomas, is that they are trying to kill themselves. We they are trying the, to kill the part of the best entertainers in the world out there. They like to have Elvis Presley and so forth like that. And other, who was a drug addict other, other and was right, enabled by people who wanted him to make more money for them. They had the best lifestyle out there that money can buy, right? And they choose to go down the road taking drugs. You see, it's interesting, that point he makes. No, wait a second. There is personal responsibility in everything we do. We have life choices that we make, and we sometimes make the wrong choices knowingly. He's making an interesting point there. That is 100% true. But like that's looking at... I mean, take Elvis, his point in case. That's looking at it like you just read a two-page article. That's not actually looking into the man's life. That's not looking into... We we will never live that life. That life is excess where everyone is giving you whatever you want and telling you whatever you want to hear. That's not that's not our reality. It went down to a personal choice. Well, I'm sure that there were. I think, I think there will always be cases where there was no underlying reasons at all for people that's ending correct. up in the state that Elvis did apart from 
excesses. You know? Absolutely. Just, that's just one artist I mentioned. There was okay. numerous others as well. Okay, hold, hold, hold on there because I am keen to talk to as many people as possible. Donald. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Thanks for holding patiently. Make your point. Yeah, I, I tell you, Neil, it was a struggle for me to, to hold patiently, I can tell you, because uh, before I start, I just want to make the point that I think the people who, uh, like John and Tom, who are talking the way they are, are confusing the people who have everything and trade drugs for a buzz and people who have nothing and try drugs to take away pain. I think that's a, a point Thank that you. people would need to take on board, OK? Yeah, you and put I it much better John, than I ever could, yeah. Neil, I think John and Thomas would do well to go into Katrina Toomey, Mary Crilly and the Simon community and spend a bit of time in there and get to know the people, get to know why they took drugs. They're not listening. That's the problem. They just want to push it out of their heads and say these people are making these choices. They make it through mental health illnesses caused by abuse, neglect, bullying and a whole raft of other negative experiences in their life. And it's out of pain, Neil, that they take drugs to relieve pain. Just like an alcohol, most alcoholics, Neil, I believe, are people with depression or abuse issues from their childhood that are drinking to cover I'm not able to... But wait, but wait a second. Surely, surely there has to be a percentage that just ended up in an awful situation because of excesses. Yes, I did hear the comment the first call I made. It's not among the people. just wanted the buzz. Neil, listen, Neil, the man wanted a buzz because he probably needed a buzz to get out of the pain that he was in because of some mental health issues or some abuse or neglect issues in his life. And I think that's what people need to take on board. People don't take drugs, Neil, for, for fun. There's no fun in taking drugs. Pain the next day and, and uh, just like an alcoholic. I know, but surely, alcoholic. surely, and, and Pamela pick up on this, surely that there are people who are alcoholics who, who are sober or who are not sober or are still fighting the battle uh, who had no other issues in the whole wide world no, going on please, except they drank too much. No, no, hang on. Let, 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 what he's let, saying is right. What, what, sorry, I didn't catch his name. What this man is saying know. is right. Yeah. To the outside world, it may look like you don't have any pain, like you don't, like you're not. No, but I'm asking a very straightforward question. Are you suggesting then that every single alcoholic has underlying issues? Well, can I answer that? No, I'm not asking. I'm not asking. I'm not asking you because you're not. A, you're not an, an ex addict. Um, well, me personally, I have never met an alcoholic or an addict that didn't have some type of underlying issue. But that's what I, I want to know. I mean, are you alcoholic. saying therefore then that there is no alcoholic who just was an alcoholic because they drank too much? Not because, the, like, you're you're oversimplifying. Sorry, it I don't mean to do that. I was just. I, I know, I know what you're trying to say, but it's. They're drinking too much because of, for a reason. Neil, can I make an important point on that? Yeah, sorry, go on. Neil, can I make an important point on that? Just like people have different uh, physical strengths, people have different mental strengths as well. And some people can overcome whatever issues they have because they have the mental strength uh, uh, to do it, right? Just like a guy can lift uh, a weight from the ground, the next person might not be able to lift that weight because they haven't got the physical capacity to do it. Some people haven't got that same mental capacity. By talking to, to the same Thomas, like, is this a road to Damascus moment or what? Are you changing your mind? <laughs> Sorry, Neil, I, I, hope, I hope you haven't misunderstood what I'm saying, Daniel, have you? Didn't, you're talking, you're, you're admitting 
that you people have different mental capacity to to withstand temptation or withstand addiction. I mean, Neil, Neil, of course, Neil, we're not all as strong mentally as the next person. Christ, I mean, so we're not all robots. I mean, we're not physically as strong. You're still saying it's our fault. So you're saying people with mental issues, that's okay for them to take the drugs. Is that what you're saying? You're you're saying saying because they have mental health issues, you're totally contradicting yourself. No, actually, I'm I'm actually, it's I'm incorrect. I was was referring to uh, a comment Thomas made and I uh, inadvertently uh, believed that it was Donald was making it. It was the other way around. So my oh, apologies right. for that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I need to take a break. Hold on. Come back after these. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM. Okay, guys. Thank you to Donald. Thank you to Pamela. Thomas, are you still there? Yes, sir. Okay, just, be- just, be- like just before I let you go, just want to get Mary's thoughts on this. You might want to respond. Mary, go ahead. Hello, Neil. This is Mary. Look, I just want to say to Thomas and John that I hope the addiction never comes to their door because they won't have a clue how to handle it if it does. Um, for every addict out there, there's a mother and a father. Yeah, there's so just turn your radios down, guys, there. Go ahead. Yeah. There's a mother and a father out there, grandparents, crying themselves to sleep every night. Nobody wants to be in that position. Nobody. And that's all I wanted to say. I just like I, I was caught in the hop, I, I never talked on the radio before, and I hope Pamela keeps up the good work. And um, all credit due to her, yeah, okay, all, yeah, all credit due to, and all credit due to, due to that chap too as well. And let me just say, just just very broadly speaking, that you're, you're talking from experience of having issues like oh, this, yes, not yes, yourself, I'm but have, within not myself, but within I your have, own yes. circle, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. As I said, nobody wakes up in the morning and said, I want to be an addict. Nobody. Now, I could go out and have a drink, and my friend could go out and have a drink. I could be end up an alcoholic. My friend might. It's just, uh, to me, I think it's in the genes. I don't know. I could be wrong, because I don't know much. Okay, okay. Thank you you for that. Neil, Tom here. Yeah, go ahead. Neil, can I comment on that? uh, With that lady, there's there's nobody, you know, knocking that lady for for, for her comments. But what I am saying is, if a guy goes out tonight and he chooses to go for the weekend, and he says, oh, this is, he starts off in the drugs first night, take his cannabis or whatever, right? What the lads are trying to say there, oh, this is great, he'll wake up in the morning, then, Christ, that was a great buzz last night, and tomorrow night, then he'll go, and he'll go, and the alcohol, and he go, this is another great buzz. He's gone down the road. They're all becoming, like, psychiatrists, they're all saying, it was mental health. It's mental health. It's not mental health. When they choose to take his first cigarette, first cannabis, or first drink, it's a personal choice. But what's happening there is, all lay people, we're all becoming, like, psychiatrists, they we're all, fucking. You know, coming up with medical qualifications overnight. Actually, God love it. He's medically held. Yes, but if you are okay, but if you are the family members who are seeing somebody spiral out of control like that, um, that's an awful place for a mother or a yes, father to be in. Out of control. But I'm saying initially at the start, it's their own personal choice to take the drugs or to take that particular alcohol and go down the road. Nobody is shoving it down the throat or into their arms. Okay. And that's, uh, what, that's my point. That's it? your point. Thank you, part. And it's their, it's their choice they're making on day one. Okay. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you, Donald. And thank you also, Mary. Lines open at one 104 106 I didn't see the video of the fight in Blackpool. We were sent it. We get sent all sorts of stuff, unfortunately. 
I sometimes have to look at them if I'm going to be dealing with it on air, but I haven't looked at this one. But uh, I did get an email on it with regards to the girls fighting in Blackpool and the video. I actually witnessed the fight. The poor girl got jumped by a blonde girl and she was severely and she severely beat her up. In fact, she kept kicking her in the head. The poor girl never had a chance to get up off the ground. She kept kicking her in the head. There were a few girls there and the girl who was beating up this girl has no heart. She was kicking the poor girl in the head numerous times. She should be severely punished for this and the scumbags that video it for it videoed it for a laugh as well. I hope the girl that was beaten up uh, is okay and the girl that beat her well, I hope she gets her day. What a group of scumbags. Don't give out my details. I hope it describes the video you've been talking about because I saw it and I can't get it out of my head. My heart is broken for the innocent girl that this happened to her. So thank you for that. Um, Catherine is standing by, but I do want to speak to Fiona and I understand that it's a difficult topic of conversation for her. So Fiona, good morning. Good morning. And thank you so much for taking the call. Um, because you have first-hand experience of what we're talking about this morning. I do, I do, I do. I have um, two sons, um, heroin addicts. Um, Now, clearly, I don't want to know who they are. I don't even want to know their ages. I don't want any information like that for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it's just for people that I'm glad it hasn't touched yet, or ever will, but it's an epidemic, is what we have at the moment in Cork City with heroin. It's a complete and utter epidemic. There's not many people I know that it's not touched. Let it be maybe not a, a child, but maybe a niece, a nephew, an uncle, an aunt, a cousin. And you would call it an epidemic in Cork now, you're saying? I would, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would use that word, and it is it, it, that is a strong word to use. But I would use epidemic. Yeah, it is. It's how, everywhere. It's everywhere. And how and did it, it? How did it happen? How did it happen? Well, with my first son, it happened in prison. That's where he first became addicted to it was inside in prison he wasn't on any drugs before prison and I wouldn't have any idea of what heroin is or you know I have no idea of what you might watch for or signs of it or if someone is on it or anything like that and so I was completely blindsided by it completely blindsided I hadn't a clue and before I knew it, and I had a grip of another son. So I had two sons. But the first thing that comes with it, and I find that it comes with most parents, is shame. It's, you know, you feel ashamed because it's people's opinion of heroin addicts. Just heroin addicts. Like you have other addicts of other substances, but they don't seem to frown on that as much as they do with a heroin addict and a heroin addict no one feels worse about being an addict than the addict themselves but once it gets a grip yeah that's it and did they say did they say that to you did who did your sons say that well they may have not put it in them words but obviously it's it's been almost five years going on so I've had to get a lot of support for myself around addiction in order to understand their addiction 
because otherwise I'd have been no use to him. I'd have been enabling him when I wouldn't have even known I was enabling him. And just for my own mental health and my own mental strength to be able to deal with the fact that I have two sons that are heroin addicts and even if they stay in recovery till the day they die, they're recovering addicts with this devil on the shoulder calling them, Mm. you know? Mm. And it's having to accept that as a parent is a very, very hard thing. But the first thing I find when I did meet other parents, when I went to groups and meetings, is shame is the first thing that will come because of other people's opinions. And I will say that heroin and secrecy, heroin's best friend is secrecy. It loves for you to be, to stay quiet, don't talk about it. And the less you talk about it, the deeper the roots will go. And that's how it takes over, even in little towns, you know, because you could have Mary down the road for her one, maybe on heroin, and you could have someone she knows at the other side of the town, and their child is on it, but they're all embarrassed to talk about it because everyone is going around, oh, them dirty junkies, them dirty this, they're that, they're this. So they're all staying quiet, and before we know it then, all that circle of friends the heroin is actually just rooting into that group and then it'll root into another group and root into another group. And it's all because people are ashamed. It's the shame that comes with it for the whole family, not just the addict. The shame comes to the whole, it affects every member of the family, even those that not living in the house with the addict. You- because you yeah talk about I wanted to talk about living in the house because you said to to Brenda that um, that you had to put them out of the house that oh, one, yeah. one particular Christmas to. was it yeah yeah I had to put the two of them out yeah couldn't do it any longer I couldn't look at them any longer it's soul destroying you're looking at the the shell of your child but your child is not there like and you said you that know? I had to put them out of my house as I couldn't do it anymore. After Christmas Day, it was just a nightmare. I turned off the oven and we had the worst day ever. Is that right? Yeah, that would be right. Yeah, it was, for what I can remember of Christmas Day last year, it was, it was horrendous. It was horrendous. I just couldn't do it anymore. I tried to keep up my strength, you know, for the other kids. And, well, when I say kids, they're all adults, really, you know, but the younger ones and... uh I just just didn't have it in me anymore. It just it's like put you, been on a building site now and down in your tools and saying that's it, I'm done. And I just couldn't do it anymore. No, putting them out wasn't any easier. I'd be quite honest with you. As as chaotic as it was in the house, the first thing you think about is you could become 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 consumed with death. That they're going to die. They're going to die. They're going to die. They're going to die, die. You know. It just keeps on, no matter what you do, that's where you have them, you just have them dead, that they're going to die, that's the only outcome from it. But it's just, uh, uh, to any parent out there, or any guardian out there, I would say, to get support for themselves, because if you don't get an understanding of the drug itself, and of the, the effect of it on the body, and the addiction of it, and how it makes the addict behave, then you have no way of supporting that person if you do want to support them. But 
it's better for yourself to educate yourself okay. on the addiction. And where where are they now? Mm. One now I have back home. Um, and one is still, he's not at home. He ha- He's in a hostel, but they're both not using, no, they're both not using heroin now. They're on a methadone program. That's another story of weight, 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 weight. Like it's, it's, it's horrendous, really. It, it went from January till, they were from January till March going to all different appointments and all these things you have to go to before they ever got on methadone. And I know you say that one son, um, because there's a report out this morning from the, in the Echo, they talk about all of the drugs and the weapons and the mobile phones that were seized in Cork Prison. They made uh, 23 mm-hmm. seizures of serious drugs um, and they yeah. got dozens and dozens of phones and different types of weaponry with blades and stuff there. So I think you can, mm-hmm. and hooch as well, as, you know, drink and everything. Yeah. Out there. I'm baffled as to how, because but, but, to go on a visit to a prison, like, you're just... You're sir, you're, look, you're only but, short of being stripped, you know, I'm wondering how... But it's getting, get, it's getting in, it is, it is getting yeah. in. But, how but, but would you in. describe, before they, they took up heroin, would you describe it as a happy home? Yeah. yeah. No underlying oh, reason yeah. at all for them to do it? Well, they, they ran with the wrong crowd, I'd say. I wouldn't, yeah, right, but not... But no drugs. There was no drugs. Do you know what I mean? There was no such thing as heroin. I never even had a conversation about heroin in my life before my son went to prison. Never. And even when he came out, I still hadn't a clue. But then I started to notice, to me, I thought he was drunk or something. You know, I knew he was. there was something. He was under the influence. That never entered my head in a million years. I thought maybe he was smoking weed. Not, you know, not saying he should smoke weed. You know what I mean? No, but then it, he he admitted admitted it to me himself. He came to me and sat down and said, "Can I talk to you?" I said, "Yeah," and he said it. I I just couldn't believe it. I went into complete and utter shock. But at the same time, I didn't want to go into too much shock because I didn't want to shut him down. I know. So I'd pretend to be all normal just to get as much information out of him as possible. And that was five years ago and he's still battling it now today. I spoke to James Leonard from the the Two Naris podcast a couple of weeks back on the air. He also got addicted to heroin in prison. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not a nice today case that you're describing with with one son. But the other uh-huh. fellow was the other fellow wasn't in prison. He just was with a, a group of people who had it, and he decided to try it. Is it? Yeah, yeah. But you're yeah. a lot more optimistic now that they're both clean, albeit on methadone programs. Well, I tell you the truth. Now, the only way to do it for me, anyway, is to stay in the day. That's the only for every day. I'm grateful. Every morning, I I have faith, you know, and. Every morning, I I ask for the strength to get through the day, and for my boys for the strength to get through the day. And every night, if we, I'm grateful for that day, and I just stay in the day. It's the only way that I can get through it. I don't. There's no use in going into the past because it's done. You don't need to drive yourself crazy, and there's no you. Like you can't go to tomorrow next week because. 
we've no control of it. But you, you, yeah. you're a loving mother. Do you ever think, why have I been handed this life sentence? Why, yeah. why us? Why them? Why me? I do. Yeah. I do. I do. I wonder. I wonder. I, I do. Many a night and many a day I sat there saying, how, like, how has it come to this? How has it come to this? You know, it's like your 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 children are slowly dying in front of you. And when it gets a grip, they don't realise how quick it grips. They don't, like, they really don't realise how fast that it gets into you and it, that owns you. It completely owns you. Like, it's scientifically proven that any opioid shuts down the frontal lobe of your brain completely. Oh, you're a shell. You're just a... And like so, all them, all them emotions and feelings and thoughts that we would go, oh my god, oh how could they do this and how could they say that and, but they don't, they do it because they don't feel nothing. So you you probably, but yeah, but you probably know nothing about this. Kicked off from a a conversation involving around a video that was shared of a young couple. Clearly, um, I'm told, and I can back this off with evidence, evidence of it now. I believe that they are addicts and they're homeless. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and people I found, heard that yesterday yeah. and I only a friend telling me I didn't hear it on so the let's, let, you know, it wasn't either of your two sons but imagine if it was mm-hmm. you know you know which it very easily could have been because um, obviously that is someone's son and daughter this is what people are forgetting like all these these young you see around the streets they're all someone's daughter and someone's son there's parents and brothers and sisters and nanas and grandas and aunties and uncles and everyone at home, half-broken, not sleeping, not eating. The chaos is removed from the house, but the pain of your children is not. No matter where you go, I could go to Australia and I'm going to bring that pain with me. You can't escape it. And... Would you have been waiting for the day when somebody would visit like a guard or you'd get a phone call to say that one of them had OD'd or were, yeah. or were yeah. dra- taken out of the river kind of thing? Yeah. You, yeah. Found, you found that that was going to be an inevitable call? Yeah, like the incident in um, Merchant's Key there two weeks ago with that, that, man, that man Yeah. that died. I mean, when that came out over the news on the radio, my whole body shook. And I just, my son came into my head, you see, yeah, straight away. Yeah. And I started ringing his phone instantly, to know, you know. Every time someone is found on our streets, passed yeah. away under tragic circumstances, you probably feel that. I do, as do every other mother and father that's there with their kids on the street. And we don't go to town. I know other parents, we don't go to town. How can you go to town and walk along and if you see your son on the street? Did you ever? Did I ever? What? See your son on the street when you went into no, town? I don't go to town. At all. Under no circumstances will I go into town. Why? Not just my son. When I see other people's sons and daughters, it's just, it's too upsetting for me. When I come home, I just, you know. So I saw a lot of them yesterday afternoon. Any time I go into the city, I'm seeing it. And I tell you one thing, I wasn't seeing it 20 years ago. No, God, no. Not even 10 years ago, Neil, was it this bad? Not even 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah. But, like, there's an epidemic. I'm not throwing the word around lightly. I know exactly what it means. 
and until people start to change the mindset of thinking that this person is the dirt on the end of me shoe, like there's go, there's nothing positive can come from that. Absolutely nothing positive can come out of people's mindsets when they they're 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 judging these people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, wanted to, I, I wanted to talk to you to get it from a family perspective and you've done that very, very, very powerfully. Thank I you hope so. Yeah. And I just want other parents out there to know that they're not on their own and to reach out if they haven't already for some support because they really, really need it as much as the addict needs support. So do the family members. But you would just love more than anything else. For all the diamonds and all the money in the world, you wouldn't want it just to get your sons back. Oh, I'd love nothing more than to turn the clock back and for that to never have came into my life. You'd have happy lives and a a happy Christmas and things like that. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I would love nothing more. But look, I'm going to keep going. As I said, one day, staying in the day, I find for me, for me myself... Um, helps because we have no control of what's going to happen we have no control over what did happen it's done and you're wasting all that on things you have no control of so you're better to stay in the day and you have control of your day you know so I find that helps me to get through Okay, and I wish you well for this day and the day after and the many days to come Thank you so Thank much you for taking the call, Fiona. Mind yourself. And you. Bye-bye. Take Thank care. you. Back after okay. the break, you can text 0868104106. If you have a story you wish to tell without coming on air, I'm okay with that too. You can email neil at redfm.ie. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 uh, With regards to paying uh, people's bills, we're going to be wrapping that up as well this morning. I recently spent some money in a psychiatric, spent some months in a psychiatric hospital. I borrowed some money from a friend struggling to pay her back. I've saved, but this will be able a lovely prize. We'll pay her back immediately. She really helped me out when needed be. I've got a couple of hundred at this stage still left in the kitty, so if I was paying uh, numerous bills or con- trying to contribute to them, there would be a smaller amount of money. Uh, I'd love to pay bills for me and my partner. We're saving for our wedding next year, and we'd love some money for a car service as badly due. Somebody else has a dad's funeral bill to pay. It's two and a half grand. Any help would be grateful at this tough time. He died from cancer and December, he was 65. It's very, very tragic. Uh, and there are many, many like that. Some really tough stories out there, I have to say. Um, my mam, uh, during lockdown, I couldn't get to see her. She lives so far away. She's gone through so much hardship in her life. She's always been there for my husband and my two kids. She invited us to come live with us, to come live with her, which was great for our two girls. Be so grateful for her. I'd be lost without her. We're currently trying to do up the house the best we can. Uh, we're currently saving for bunk beds for my two girls. They must share a room together. My oldest girl is looking for a double bed on the end of the bunk bed. We're getting, she needs more space, I suppose, because of her age. Uh, it'd be great, actually, if we could just sort out a bunk bed or a bed for you. I'm quite sure there are bed suppliers that we'd be able to get a bed from if they pick up the phone now. Uh, text 0868104106. I think we could sort that one quite easily. And then there was a lovely one came in. I love that one from uh, Bob from Grattan United Football Club. Somebody called, actually, and said that they wanted to sort that out for them. They were looking to buy COVID martial court, uh, coats so they could get playing football again. They've invested a fortune in PPE and they're looking for 200 euro to get four COVID martial coats. Somebody got in touch, actually. Um, Tony was in touch uh, and he said that uh, somebody's offering 
to pay for those jackets. So that's a good result on that one as well. Uh, and there's lots more besides. So I will come back to that. But I'm just conscious of time here at the moment. And I also want to talk to Millie regarding the Taoiseach's letter. But but first up on that one, uh, Catherine, good morning. Oh, thank good you. Morning. It's Eric, it's Eric from the Anglers Bar on Blar- uh, Danglers Bar on Blarney Street offered to pay for the COVID code. So thank you for that, Eric. Appreciate it, my friend. Job well done. Catherine, thank you for holding. Okay. Um, We're just talking about addictions there. And, and, I, and I want to be very careful that I don't draw any attention to your your yeah. um, family Maybe member you know? or, or yeah. anything yeah. Yeah. so family member leave it at that yes um, you know he grew up in the 70s uh, playing for a GA club which we used to go there with my dad um, and you know after every match it's into the club for a drink and it started kind of that way and then it progressed and then if there was a meeting in the club which would be an all day session that's how it started and that's how he started heavy drinking and it just got worse and worse but he still continued working doing well and then the recession came in the 80s and he went to America where he uh, through hard work he built up his business got his own business, his own home but he was still drinking heavy Um, you know come home immediately start drinking and then after many years of, of doing all that, he lost everything. Again, through drink. When he would come home then, it was all a drinking session. Day and night, it was non-stop. And you see, when you're around that then, you have to put up with what, what, what way he behaves and, and like buying strangers drinks and all this kind of thing. Um, which is just so... You're embarrassed for your brother, you know? So the clock is ticking all of the time and ultimately in the end there's a price to be paid. There's a price to be paid. At the moment, he, he is still working today, but he is a functioning alcoholic. That's okay, well, I, I wish say. him well. I wish him well in that regard. But you, you're you're seeing a correlation with the GAA or any kind no. of... Oh, you God, see? yeah. I, I blame, blame the GAA because that culture is all about drinking. You're saying the GA specifically, or would you say the same about League of Ireland? Would you say the same about a tennis club or a go- or somebody who plays golf? Like, well, I don't know anyone who who goes to golf clubs. I'm just going from what I know from the GA and what it did to my brother. In that, you know, if you're exposed to that very early, but do you know that they would refute that most ser- most course, ver- voraciously. Like they would, they would say. Uh, like we're, we're a sporting body for people to you of know course, play. Of yeah. course they would. I know. I understand that. But and if I it wasn't, if it wasn't the GAA, if it wasn't the bar and the GAA club, it would be a local pub that he would be going to. But you see, I had seven brothers. He was the only one who was involved in the GAA, and none of my other brothers are alcoholics. He he used to go to the club when he was very young. Yeah. And you know, when they were young in those days, they gave them drink. Yeah. They gave yeah. them a taste of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very easy to get addicted to alcohol. I, I've, I've no, I've no idea if he had demons because I can't remember there being demons in our lives. I suppose the younger you drink, the more of a problem it's going to be. It's, it's exactly, it is going to be. He, he rang me last week from America. He said they were working in some area of... I'm right, not interested in anything like that, but um, okay. you know, so out of respect oh, no, to him, yeah. yeah. Telling me, you know, what he drank, and I was like, oh my God, you know, it's no... There's no end to it. I, I just hoped as he gets older, he would slow down and that kind of thing, but I, I haven't I slowed down, you know. Okay, all right. It's just horrendous. And you can trace it back to... 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, back to the, the, the GEA. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. Thank you, Catherine. Good luck to you. Lines will stay open after midday on 1850-104-106. And I'm happy to pick up on this again uh, on on Monday's programme. So text if you wish to do so. Text 0868-104-106. But um, on a happy note, um, I read out for you on the programme yesterday, Millie's letter to the Taoiseach. Millie's 12 years old. From She's from Inishannon. And she plays sports with Valley Rovers. Her name is Millie Sline. And uh, the family sent me a photocopy of the letter. And she wrote to him hoping to get a reply. And she did get a reply. And she joins me by phone in fairness to her. Millie, good morning. Hi. How are you keeping? I'm very good, thank you. Are you back at school yet? Um, no, on Monday I'm back. Are you excited? Yeah, very excited. So do you play Gaelic football or hurling? What do you play? I play both and soccer for Nishvilla as well. Wow, you squeeze an awful lot into your life, in fairness. Yeah. Okay, so have you got the letters there? Um, no, I don't actually, but I have a brief of what it says. You have, as they say, the gist of it. Okay, so you wrote yeah. to the Taoiseach saying that, I know you're very busy trying really hard to fix the big mess in the country because of the virus, but I believe you made a mistake with your rules. You see, my main love in life is sport. Me and my brother practice and practice during lockdown so we could play matches again. Now we can. And it makes me really sad that my granda, who's my number one fan, after my mam, of course, can't come watch me play like he always used to. Uh, with your new rules, no one's allowed and su- to come and support us. I wish you and your team would have another think about this and maybe come up with a better plan. So he wrote back to you. What did he say? And it's a handwritten letter. What did he say? Um, so at first he was very like grateful that I wrote the letter to him. And he just said basically that the reason that they put these new rules in place was to keep the number of cases down and that they're going rethinking about it in two to three weeks once they know, like, the gist of all the cases and stuff like that. And yeah. 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 He, says, uh, he says, I know that many people like you are annoyed. The only reason the rules were introduced was to keep the numbers of people getting the virus down. The doctors believe we can overcome it if we reduce the numbers of social contacts. We can reduce the spread. He says, above all, we want young people to continue to play games uh, during the pandemic. And if we continue to keep the virus down, we'll be able to achieve that. He said, yeah. we, he, but he did say to you in the letter, see what he said, we'll be reviewing the, the, the uh, we'll be reviewing the rules with the public doctors over the coming two weeks and hopefully we'll be in a position to amend them if the circumstances permit. And Michal Martin says, so that your granda will be able to attend your games. Yeah. And he which said, very, you- yeah, which, which is what you want, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because you can't understand why people can't stand on the sidelines, but all, all the people can go into pubs if they eat food. Yeah. And that uh, you can social distance on a pitch. And so. yeah, he does say nice things about Valley Rovers, doesn't he? Yeah, and that he's that his own team, Nemo Rangers, has played against them loads of times as well. Yeah, he says Valley Rovers is a great club, and we have had many great games with my own club, Nemo Rangers, down through the years. And then he says, "Thank you for taking the time." And he says, "May you and your brother continue to enjoy your sport." Were you delighted when you got the response? Yes, and I was actually very surprised as well because I didn't think that he would respond. 
Well, there he did. Now he did. So maybe you might be part of the reason why in the coming weeks the rules will change and parents will be able to go and grandparents will be able to go watch their kids play sport. Yeah, hopefully. So yeah. Well, well done for that. Thank you. All right. Have you a game this weekend? Um, yeah, I have a soccer match on Sunday and a football match on Wednesday. Who are you playing? Um, we're playing Ballon Collig in the soccer and Tyg McCorrup in the football match. So you play soccer, football and hurling? Yeah. And if I was to say to you now you could only pick one of those three, which one is your favourite? Uh, soccer for sure soccer okay alright well enjoy all three for as long as possible alright thank you have a lovely weekend Millie thank you bye bye there's Millie Sline from Inishannon and her response from the Taoiseach Micheál Martin well credit you to him on that one have a good day have a good weekend I'll see you Monday thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content